November 9th. This is the Northside Story Podcast. I am your host, Blake the Cat Miller. I'm joined by always Jake Baki. Jake, how you doing? Tired. It's been a long few days. This is the longest podcast night that we have had as it took us a couple days to record both of our episodes. We, we are excited to share both with you all. Um, but yeah, you all. you all. Yeah, it's starting to get to that point where the eyes are closing, starting mm-hmm. the dream of football this weekend. Um, I'll be attending the Chargers Lions game, which should be an exciting one. Essentially, will be Phil's team against the Chargers. Um, so looking forward to that, but also looking forward to trying to get a win. I guess both of us are. Um, you do have. I think we all are trying to win in this league. Besides Phil, um, yeah. but yeah, I need a win. You need a win. A lot of teams need wins. The only team that doesn't need a win is Trey, essentially, as he's already locked up uh, a playoff spot. Yep. Jake kind of mentioned it uh, a little bit. Talking about this being a long episode. He let out the secret that sometimes we record our intros after the fact. It kind of helps us, honestly, as we kind of like provide insight of like, what are some big talking points to the episode? But you mentioned a long episode. I mean, this is unedited, but we're at two hours and 59 minutes on our recording right now. Mm-hmm. So we're covering, we're covering the week prior. We're covering what's going on this week. Obviously Jake has his bets after going, uh, I don't want to spoil it. If you didn't see the Instagram Northside story underscore FF, it's time for the latest episode. Jake, are you, are you ready to go? Week 10 is here and it has gotten here too fast. Too furious. Great movie. Great franchise. Family. Little sneaky, uh, I think four game win streak. Rum Runners gets the win over Meet the Robinsons. Rum Runners seven and two, second place. Meet the Robinsons three and six in ninth place. Three, six, nine. Pretty interesting there. Um, not as close as uh, Rum Runners has been has been putting on these last couple of weeks, winning 92-82. Um, questionable decisions, but it's bye week. I mean, he had a, he we talked about it in the last episode some of the decisions he had to make coming into this week. I think you were high on Devin Singletary. I think we all were considering of just the state of a lot of the big teams uh, going on by Devin Singletary had a backfield to himself and kind of just poop, pooped his pants with a 3.6, 13 carries. So the, the amount was there. The score was there, but it's just Devin Singletary in 2023. What are you going to do about that? Will Levis that um, 8.6, 8.6 that didn't really come back to bite him that much Devonte adams though i think that's just the big that's just the big um question because i i think everyone expected and they obviously did i mean they played against the giants the perfect get back team everyone expected with the change of josh mcdaniel over to antonio pierce that this vegas team is just going to come alive big like comeback game and i think everyone pointed was, you know what, Devontae Adams was the most frustrated. We all saw it. We all saw it in the media. He was going to be that get-right game. 30-6. to six. I believe there were some defensive scores in this game as well, so I don't think it was all solely on the offense. But with a 5.4 outing now with Devontae Adams, you're looking at below 10 points in the last four weeks, dating all the way back to that Chargers week in week four. Jake, do you start him? I like. Because this is a plus matchup. The best matchup. I, you start him at all? 
Yeah, I would start him. Yeah, I would still start him the rest of the season. I actually don't think it was necessarily like the the biggest plus matchup that we've seen because the Giants this year have been terrible run defense, but like an adequate pass defense. Adoree Jackson's a pretty good corner. Um, and whoever kind of lines up against him, not saying that they get shut down, but you know, it's it's not necessarily a a gimme. 15 points. You're not looking at like a team like against the commanders or even like the chargers. Like these, those two teams have struggled with their past defense. The giants going into last week were 18th, 19th ranked, which is, it just, which is good um, for, you know, if you have a, a player going against the giants, but it's not like a guarantee. Um, not saying that Devonte Adams should, you know, should be getting three, four five points a game. But in that game specifically, so there wasn't any defensive touchdowns. All three touchdowns scored by the Raiders were runs. And of course, they were against me. Uh, two Josh Jacob runs and a Jacoby Myers 17-yard run. Um, so not even through the air. So the Giants are very susceptible on the ground. Devontae mm-hmm. Adams, though, I still think you play him. I, I still think you give him, especially <clears throat> when you're looking at Nick's team and you're not sure exactly who... Um, you know, you can really play in that position. I mean, you can put a Devonte Smith up there and you can maybe perhaps, I don't know. I don't know who else you're going to really sub out. Like Debo is someone, would I play Debo or Devonte? Like, I think that is a very just up in the air kind of question, but there's no one really else on Nick's team, um, you know, that he could have, especially that week or this past week with having a couple of guys on the bye. But, um, but yeah, I, I still think Devonte is someone that you have to play. Maybe you put him in a flex spot, and if there is a really big, juicy matchup for a running back, perhaps you swap him out. But I still think, especially given that Nick doesn't have the most depth, um, he is getting a James Conner back soon. So perhaps that is someone. Do I do Devonte Adams? Do I do James Conner? Um, you know, so that's a possibility. But I still think Devonte Adams is going forward. It's definitely something to watch. But I def I do think. And we can touch on his matchup next week, but looking at uh, at his uh, at Devontae's next matchup, the Jets. Yes, this is one where I would possibly bench Devontae. But then you're looking at Miami. Uh, they have a bye week after that. But then the Vikings, the Chargers, uh, the Colts. Like those are teams that yeah, I'm still starting Devontae Adams. Yeah, and I think it didn't prove to much fruition this week. But Will Levis, he may be someone I might start. I, I, we're always having questions about Deshaun. He had a big outing this last week, 27 points against Arizona. I mean, that was a blowout. They were in control the entire game. But I think any tough matchups that Sean has going forward, I would be interested in seeing uh, what's going on against with uh, Will Will Levis in that Tennessee offense. Next week against Tampa, that just got absolutely hosed by um, Houston in terms of their defense. So, yeah, their interesting options there. Not very good. Yeah. Let's go over to meet the Robinsons. Um, just an. All in all, just a down day for this team. 82 points as a gen, uh, as a whole. Um, I hate Arthur Smith. B. Sean Robinson continues to just not play mm-hmm. um, and not be viable. Uh, 11, 11 carries is still, you're going to take that. And he's still proving to be efficient. 4.6 carries, but with the addition of Tyler Algier and just that offense just being in flux, Bijan should be getting 25, 25 touches a game. But that's just not in the cards with this offense. Um, an absolute horrible, horrible game for the Rams and um, Darrell Henderson Jr. 4.5. I think we talked about it uh, when we were talking about uh, some matchups with like Puka Nakua and Cooper uh-huh. that 
if Ripen, Ripen, whatever the hell his name is, if he's starting in that matchup, you don't want any of the weapons with Los Angeles right now. And I, while I didn't want the pass catching options, I still felt like there was still some relative floor with uh, Darrell Henderson Jr. Uh, going up against Green Bay. It's not a really good team, even though it was on the road. seems like that team, seems like when you think Green Bay in Lambeau, it's always going to be a tough matchup. But still, still think there were some points to be had there, but absolutely not. Um, if, besides the 26 points from uh, that Chargers defense, this could have been like an all-time low. What other stinkers do you see here, Jake? Yeah, I mean, most of the team. Um, I, I don't want to necessarily talk about just the stinkers. I mean, Justin Herbert, like the Jets have a legit defense, like a good defense that really limit yards. They didn't necessarily have Herbert turn the ball over too much, but you're looking at, let's see, the Jets beat Buffalo at home and Josh Allen had his worst game. I think he's had three picks that, that first week of the season, that Monday night game. Then Jalen Hurts had, I believe, three picks, maybe just two against the Eagles a few weeks back. So you're looking at a defense that when they play in New New York, New Jersey, whatever it might be, um, really limits their opponents through uh, yardage wise. Uh, but I will say this, Justin Herbert this year has done a really good job. I'm sure if you were to take out fourth quarter last drive interceptions, I feel like he has like less than five, maybe less than three picks if you were to take those out. Um and so he does a really good job not turning the ball over. Now, of course, for fantasy purposes, like that's good for like NFL, but for fantasy purposes, definitely um, is something that's frustrating because he just, he, if you watch that game, he had really not a lot of time to make any throws. They tried to run the ball a lot of the time too, take time off the clock. Um, and I think there was one drive in the third quarter where it was like a nine minute drive where they were just kind of dinking and dunking down the field. I think it only ended up being a field goal. So, you know, those types of plays are important for winning games, but for fantasy purposes, definitely limits him. Um, I will, I want to touch on one, <coughs> excuse me, one player that I think going forward is going to be a benefit to Phillips' team. Like I said in, in the last few weeks, I don't think this is a team that makes the playoffs. You never know in our league because we have a lot of teams that are, that are separating themselves from the top and not a lot of teams that are separating themselves in the last, you know, five through nine positions. But um, Dalton Kincaid, I do think that this is an option for the Bills going forward. He had a very nice game um, and he's had three straight weeks over 10 points. Um, he's turned into a big weapon for Josh Allen. He had 10 catches for 81 yards against the Bengals. I love seeing that out of a tight end. And so I think for Phillips, um, grabbing that tight end, um, and after he traded Kelsey for Bijan, he's been trying to find a tight end on his team. Um, I think there was a few weeks where, you know, Hunter Henry, uh, Jake Ferguson, he also has, right? So, you know, it's never too late to make trades in this lead. If Phillips thinks, you know, Phillips might think like I have no shot, which is fair. I get it. But if you really do want to at least compete or play spoiler, maybe look to see if you can trade a tight end to someone because tight ends are, are like gold. So, um, I, I will say shout out for that pickup because that's a very good pickup. I think in leagues that uh, perhaps if Phillips' team was better, I feel like Dalton Kincaid can be one of those down the line kind of league winners. So that kind of can be like a very solid, um, consistent piece going forward. Yeah, like you said, there's not much separation in the middle of the standings. And while three and six, three and six looks pretty, pretty bad, we still got a couple of weeks left. There's always a chance for, I believe we got four total weeks left. I believe we go to week 14. So definitely a chance for him to turn around. There's always a chance. There's always a trade that could propel his season back up. 
But this week he gets the loss. He goes to three and six. Rum Runners goes to seven and two. Team Mercier, Law Dogs. Woof. Woof, woof, woof. Yeah, he should put that dogs. in his in his uh, team name, like how you have hashtag nine lives. He should just put hashtag woof. Yes. Uh, 136-273. Phil gets the loss. Team Mercier, sixth place. Uh-oh, she's back, Jake. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll touch on her team. Um, I mean, most well, of this. Let's just knock because, out Phil's team real well, quick. Well, like, all I'll say about Phil's team is just, like, we knew that this was going to happen. Him starting... Roshan Johnson and Zach Charbonnet, Jahan Dotson, who actually Jahan Dotson was his best position player because uh, he scored a touchdown. But everybody else stinks on his team. Um, CJ Stroud is amazing and he should be starting every single week, no matter what. I don't care. It's not that Sam, Sam Howell's been bad, but like if I'm going to, you know, have a rookie on my team and and play him or, and just like have him on the bench, like at least I would want to play him and watch him perform and cj stroud definitely already has locked up rookie of the year um for the nfl offensively so yeah it'd be fun to just watch him but i'm sure next week we'll look and phil will have trevor lawrence starting against like a good team um and and cj stroud's probably going to drop another 30 points but everybody else on phil's team phil's given up in general just two and seven um i'm sure he'll play spoiler to a team or two going down the line because i still think like Phil's going to score 130 points one of these weeks with with the guys that he has on his team. They'll all just kind of click, but it's too late for him to really make a push, in my opinion, um, because uh, it's just it's two and seven. And and there there might be a team that there's actually probably going to be a team that is in either fifth or sixth place that is going to be at 500 or below that makes the playoffs. Um, and if Phil, we've talked about it time and time again, if he wasn't stubborn and he would just trade some of his guys to really solidify his team, then perhaps, you know, he can, he would, he would be close to that six spot, but he, when he gets a chain back, he's got a good team. It's just like, he just hasn't put it all together. Um, yeah. Too little, just too late. I mean, even, even if he was in say like the middle spot, like where <laughs> Sam's at four and five, you, he had to have known that this week was coming where it was just every yeah. guy in his team was going to be on by, but just kind of goes a show of he he just wasn't prepared for this week and he tried I to mean, throw a roster together. Yeah, like hypothetically, his team next week and I haven't looked at buys could be. Let's just say, for instance, his team going into the stretch run of the finals or in the, in the for the going into for playoffs for the stretch run is C.J. Stroud, like Jameer Gibbs, Devon A. Chain, Jamar Chase, Amon Ra, Mark Andrews, and then you either decide on a Sam Laporta or you decide on a Kenneth Walker to be your flex. Like that's a damn good team. Yeah. But it's just like, sure. A chain's been hurt. So that's definitely limited him, but that doesn't mean that you just can't go like to go out and trade some for some pieces. So it's like solidify maybe another running back or solidify a better quarterback or, or just give that shot to Stroud or I don't know. I just feel like opportunity was lost with a decent squad this year. Um, and I will say, I, I do think a lot of these players just haven't matched up throughout the weeks because you're looking at good names and good players, but it did take Jameer Gibbs a good, a long time to kind of find that spark that he's been playing with lately. Kenneth Walker has been kind of inconsistent. Jamar Chase started the year out kind of slow for the first three weeks. Amon Ra has been hurt, right? So like, yeah, like these guys, I guess, are good names and Phil's kind of been unlucky with some of the injuries <clears throat> as far as some of the consistency. 
But man, like if you were to able to like just make it through and just kind of battle kind of similar to how Sam has had to battle throughout this year and be four and five instead of two and seven, I think you're looking at a dangerous team. But I do believe I do agree with you. I think it's a little bit too late. Yeah. And we talk about battling. There's nothing more of a battle than Taysom Hill. Sure, starting tight end and cashing on that 18 yep. points, both super high in that matchup uh, going up against Chicago. And there's a little bit of a different light on Taysom Hill and what he can bring in terms of fantasy production this year than we saw last year when that whole kind of team was in a flux and they they kind of wanted they kind of had an idea how to use him. But this role that he has now is just it's pretty consistent. And her recognizing that and her being that first one to kind of shoot shoot a shoot a shoot something in the arm of her team and kind of wake it up and solidify a tight end spot that we, we always talk about. It's just a struggle because you got teams like Phil harboring two and holding on to them. But really I would say with Sam's team is this week was like a culmination. I don't think that's a real word, but you know what I'm trying to say of that's like, a, a word. okay. Of like everything that, Everything that was going wrong at the beginning of the year with her Cincinnati Bengals, like, is just, it's here. Like, it was a big week against Buffalo. Well, it's here Buffalo. for a week. Well, I know. Uh, I mean, because I'm not expecting Higgins 20. now is out for like the foreseeable future with a hamstring injury. So, yeah, but still, she had trouble filling a quarterback slot. I sure. mean, I mean, she was, she was tossing around with Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Uh, and I don't even know. She had another one before that, too. So, like, She's been struck. And then Joe Mixon too. Like Joe Mixon is like, I remember when I, I talked about it a lot this year of like, I drafted Derrick Henry and I drafted Saquon Barkley because I mean, they're, they're definitely on the older side, but mm-hmm. they're going to get their touches. There's no competition. And you may not be getting these like 35 point outings like you did in years past, but you're getting consistency. And these last two weeks, 18 points against San Francisco, 15 points and you're getting rushing touchdowns like that's that's huge for Sam's team because it seems like there was a couple of weeks for Sam wasn't like was in Phil spot, like barely breaking 100 and was not getting okay. consistent scoring. That definitely helps, too, when you get Alexander Madison getting on the board and getting 16 points. And now with Cam Akers out, looks like for the foreseeable future, if there yeah, is any juice, that's back. if there is any juice uh, left to squeeze in the Alexander Madison tree, then you're getting a huge moment right now with that big game against Atlanta and then going in against New Orleans, who New Orleans has just been atrocious on defense, contrary to everything that I thought of. And then you're getting a 19 point young Hoku, like just a like a perfect week. Mm -hmm. You're going to have questions though about Zach Moss, because I'm going to say it again. This is probably the fourth time that I say it, but you're, you're starting to see now separation between Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor. So, but you're getting David Montgomery back. She's getting Brandon Ayuk off by like David Njoku is getting touchdowns. Like okay. what is All going right. on here? With you team? lost me. Yeah. You lost me on David Njoku, but that's fine. I um, kept you on for a long time. I, I do think, yeah, I think this is a team that has had to ride that roller coaster, similar to like Steph's team where like, there are some weeks where you're like, Oh, this is a great team. And then there's some weeks where you're like, Oh, what am I getting from this team? Um, and I and I do think that's going to continue to an extent. I'm not as high on Joe Mixon as you are. I do think, of course, he is the guy that's going to get touchdowns in the red zone when they're running the ball. Um, but you know, his still his run running efficiency is still kind of murky to me. 
I'm not sure what I'm going to get from him. Um, but you're, I mean, you're right in the extent that like, there's nobody to back him up. There's no Samaji P Ryan. There's no shout out Giovanni Bernard. Um, there's no one back there to, to take away those touches. Um, and that's kind of what you want out of an RB one. Uh, but yeah, with David Montgomery coming back <clears throat> and then even with T Higgins being out, being to play Brandon Ayuk, um, and then basically you have to decide between Zach Moss and Madison for that flex play, most likely until T Higgins is healthy. That's not a bad situation to be in. Um, and so, yeah, I think going forward, Sam has a solid team and I think it's going to be a very interesting race for her uh, going forward to see if she can kind of uh, separate herself from teams like myself and stuff. It, it's all about getting into the playoffs. And right now Sam is hunkering down at sixth place, four and five while the law docs continues to be the league doormat. Fitch, House Targaryen, 131.94. Fitch, 6-3. and three. House Targaryen is the re- reverse of that, 3-6. and six. Um, Big outing from Brian. And it came on the back of, obviously, coming into this week, Deontay Johnson uh, starting out with 18, 18 and a half points. But Jake's number one nemesis, Gus the Bus Edwards, continues to perform 17 points, mm-hmm. rolling in for a couple of touchdowns. Only had five carries, which is the most frustrating situation of of that. I mean, we talk about vulture vulture running backs, but when when you have Lamar Jackson, any running back in that backfield is a vulture for the type of production that you're you're hoping out of uh, that you're hoping out of Lamar Jackson to roll in. Uh, Cole Komet continues to I wouldn't say continues, but back to back weeks he's got uh, he had twelve points against the Chargers coming into Two touchdowns. One of those catches was insane. Like, yeah. Even uh, and I want to shout out to, to Brian because this was like a Sunday morning at like 9 a.m. Uh, pickup because Evan Ingram was on a bye and we had talked about who's he going to pick up. Well, he picked up Cole Komet last second, just threw him in the lineup, and there you go 20 points. It's all, it's all it takes. And um, just overall with this team, there's not that many surprises. Uh, the fall of James Cook continues um 5.9 and that was i mean only six carries that was a game that they were it was a tight game so i'm still i'm still not so sure exactly what the game plan is but i this kind of yeah continues on, on this rhetoric i'm off yeah, on james off? i'm yeah. off the la- four out of the last five weeks less than eight points um it's just and one of them being a solid week against the patriots and getting a touchdown but yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm off because if you watch the Bills, and I was telling Blake this, um, the Bills aren't a good team. Um, and a lot of it is due to injuries. Their defense is super banged up. Matt Milano out for the year. Uh, uh, the cornerback, it's, his name is escaping me, all pro out for the year. Um, and I believe Micah Hyde was a little banged up. Their, their all pro safety um, is a little bit banged up too. So like this team defensively stinks and when they play a high powered offense and they start getting behind they just throw like they do not run the ball whatsoever and Josh Allen is the one that really escapes the pocket and picks up rushing yards so yeah i i am i am like 95% out on James Cook because i think this is going to be like similar to Devin Singletary last year like some games you're like well this guy's actually pretty good why don't they give him the ball more but then you just ends up where Josh Allen has one yard touchdown runs instead of, you know, the starting running back. I mean, yeah, you look back 
starting from week five when they lost that game in London against Jacksonville. Three points. They lose. I mean, he had a big outing. He had a big outing against New England, um, and that was kind of a nail-biter, but that came through the air. And then you look at the Cincinnati game where the it's obvious when the team loses that the running back's not going to be involved, uh, involved as much because they got to be throwing it. But they've been playing their worst football, it seems like, over the past four or five weeks. Uh-huh. And whether they win or lose, it just seems like, like you're saying, they just don't want to run the ball. And that's what just made me so scared. It made me kind of pump the brakes at the start of the year about rolling out your starting running back as James Cook because – when the grass is green, it's the greenest grass you've ever seen in your entire life. It's kind of like what you get with Pacheco, where you're like, I have a running back on a team that third and six, like they're picking it up. The offense is uh-huh. going to pick it up. But there's just times where they're just like, you know what? We're done. Josh Allen's our number one guy. We're, we're going to use James Cook. We'll use whoever else in that backfield. We'll just use him as an extra blocker. If we need a run. We'll throw it with, we'll, we'll run it with Allen. It just happens. It happens year in and year out. It's almost like it's it's getting into the situation now. Buffalo has a stigma that we had on New England running backs like three, four years ago. We're like Rex Burkett. It's like, why the hell is he in there? It's like you can never get uh-huh. solid value on a player in a, in a situation because there were so many external factors out there that was just diluting the product. And James Cook is is there. It's there. And it's similar to the question I'm asking with Devontae Adams, the skill is completely different, but like James cook is going to be someone that you're, you're nervous putting in your lineup because you feel like you have to, because you've yeah. seen the potential, but you're going to get burned. And luckily they didn't burn him this week because he had a lot of other big outings. Cole Komet, Deontay Johnson, Chris Olave hit projections, which well, is insane. This is what I want to touch on on Brian's team is that I basically called out Brian's team because they don't score touchdowns. Um, Chris Olave scored a touchdown. Cole Komet had two. Gus Edwards had two. And Deontay Johnson finally had his first one. So when Deontay Johnson scored his first one on Thursday, I was thinking, like, here we go. This classic, you know, Baki just saying something or saying a bunch, just talking trash. And then the complete opposite happened. Cause I was saying how it's going to be hard for Brian to score points because his, his team doesn't get the yards. They don't get the production without touchdowns. And then sure enough, you know, most of his team scored touchdowns and he dropped to 131. Yeah. And kind of the opposite. I mean, House Targaryen, her 94 points are really buoyed by that top three. And I'm pretty sure this is what we talked about that top three. I mean, Austin Eckler continues to have a good back to back good weeks. Um, this one, a little bit different. The yards weren't there. The average wasn't there. But just, just very the- quickly on Austin Eckler, this is like the opposite of what I had just talked about. Um, about, I believe it was a jump. I don't know. It was, it was someone like where the Austin Eckler. Oh no, sorry. It was for Phil. It was like, or Justin Herbert. Apologies. Justin Herbert in the NFL sense. Like that's what you kind of want. You want a guy to prolong drives, but fantasy wise, not great. Austin Eckler is the inverse where for NFL wise, I mean, you're looking at someone the last four weeks that can't like average four yards or more per carry. And like it, it's a struggle for him to get yards. This jets line, 14 carries for 47 yards, 3.4 yards. He had one rush that was 21 yards. That's the other rushes, 13 
for 26, which is two yards a rush, which is very similar to these other ones that he had um, the last three weeks. You're looking at Chicago Bears, 15 for 29, Dallas, 14 for 27. He cannot run the ball. However, fantasy purposes, he's still getting into the end zone based off of one yard rushes. Um, and that's what you want. So you're looking at these back to back 20 point weeks and they look very inefficient, especially on the ground. Of course, the Bears one was nice because he was doing a great job in the screen game. But man, like, yeah, great for Austin Eckler. But like for the NFL sense, like give us Josh Kelly because that guy can at least like pick up yards per rush. But yeah, but that's what Steph kind of wanted out of Eckler, especially where she drafted him. Was it third overall? Yeah. But yeah, so yeah. I mean, you're looking at <clears throat> for Steph, um, but those three, those three top players, Mahomes, Eckler, and Stevenson. Um, I, I was high on Ramondre this this week. I, I thought he was going to have a good week. He did have one just huge run, and the rest was kind of limited. But um, he definitely picked up. But what are your? I mean, we talked about Cooper Cup. Um, a weird game for Adam Thielen. That was a strange game in general. It was very low scoring. Um, and then big injury news for her team. Dallas Goddard out for the foreseeable future should be back some point this season, but just a lot of clunkers um, from Ramondre all the way down. Yeah. Her saving grace though. I mean, and I don't know what you do about DJ Moore. I think, I think at this point, um, and we're going to go into the next week's matchups because we're recording this obviously uh, a little bit later and we're, we're going to have a couple game sample now on DJ Moore, but we talk about we talk about someone primed for a big breakout game that Steph could have made a decision on was Tank Dell and Tank Dell sitting there twenty six points yep. big outing from him and he he definitely looks he definitely looks electric and he's definitely looking like those those two spurts that we saw week two week three that um, some reliability that she had with Dallas Goddard getting up there um, it kind of goes back to the drawing board back to that tight end roulette that she's been dealing that everyone's been dealing with all year. Trey McBride, definitely an option coming after, I mean, 3.3.7 points this past week, but that was against obviously Cleveland's defense, but you look at it against Baltimore, he had 20 points, 14 targets. Everything's going to switch in that situation. As we figure out, uh, we figure out what, what or any version of Kyler Murray that, that Arizona is going to get. Mm-hmm. So definitely questions at the tight end spot. Yeah, I'm with you. Adam Thielen, I think we were both high on just Carolina, even though they're a bad team. They've only won one game this year, but even in leading up to all these losses that they've had, Adam Thielen has been involved. And he still had his 10 targets, still had his 10 targets, still had six catches, um, touchdown dependent. I think that's kind of the situation it's going to be there for him. And uh, low-scoring game, it's going to hurt you. I was all over that Rams game. I didn't care who was catching balls. You you would think that Cooper cup is matchup proof, but I think now that when you have Puka Nakua in there and you're still taking some eyes and you're spreading the ball out, um, you're bringing in a quarterback that is just absolutely uh, not equipped to just jump into an NFL offense, especially on the road against green Bay. This is definitely a big, definitely a letdown game waiting to happen there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just a just a sad just a sad week. Yeah, really. I mean, and luckily, points from Holmes in that Germany mm-hmm. game that was just and all that essentially came in the first half. So yeah. just 
a bummer. Yeah. Um, luckily that, that tank Dell for DJ Moore swap wouldn't have made a difference in the matchup. You never know when it comes to points at the end of the year, but yeah, he is someone that we discussed that we felt like Houston was going to have a good day through the air. And I do think going forward, I, I do feel like you need to find tank Dell a spot in your lineup uh, because Nico Collins is a little banged up and tank Dell is someone that <coughs> you could already tell CJ Stroud trusts him from the get go. Um, and I think that's a fun kind of player to have in your lineup um, because he gets the ball thrown to him a good amount. And, you know, he, he does get um, some rushing attempts a couple times a game, not saying that he breaks them, but you never know because he does have that speed that perhaps he could take an end around and go 40, 50 yards for a touchdown. You never know. So um, I think he's someone going forward. You kind of, you have to find a spot for him. I, w- I would rather play him than someone like Christian Kirk. Yeah. Those are the decisions she's going to have to make eighth place. She's got to get back into that sixth place window three and six Fitch gets the win six and three. He's in third place. The cat hashtag nine lives gets the loss, loses the quarterback sneaks 118, 106. I got a four and five. I'm in fifth place. QB sneaks goes to five and four in fourth place. And um, I mean, cracked a hundred. Kind of underwhelming performances from, we'll start with my team. Uh, Derek Carr, he got me by 16 points as a plus matchup. I think uh, definitely with with Jared Goff and me losing Anthony Richardson, it's going to be quarterback roulette throughout the year. And Derek Carr was probably the best matchup that I could have found this week. Plugging him in there, he got what he had. He needed what he got. The most disappointing one, even even getting off 12 points, was um, that... Saquon Barkley outing against Las Vegas. I mean, Mm. 30 to six, it was obviously a big game, big moment for that Raiders team in general coming off the uh, firing of Josh McDaniels. So something was going to have to get, but I mean, 12 points just seems low. It just seems low, especially. Well, I will say this about this is, this was Saquon's best game on the ground as far as like per rush. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in those stats because I think those stats kind of tell more of the story than like the one yard touchdowns um, because those are great for fantasy. But when you're getting a guy that gets 16 carries and 90 yards, like, to me, that's like, okay, like there's something there. Like we know there's something there with Saquon, but there's, there's more to that story. It's unlucky that he didn't find the end zone. A lot of that is because his quarterback uh, is Tommy DeVito, who is not going to get you many points um, in general. So Tommy DeVito, I think he threw a touchdown, but mm-hmm. it was very much in garbage time. Well, I guess it was in the fourth quarter when they were down 27 to zero already. A lot of this was game script um, and it wasn't necessarily Saquon's like fault at all. It just kind of was unlucky, unfortunate that they're already down 27 zero. They're not going to run the ball, but um, not similarly to the, the week prior, the week prior when you're talking about that Jets Giants matchup to where it was like six to six or nine to six going into the fourth quarter. And they basically were just trying to churn out yards. And that's when Saquon had 35 carries. Right. So yeah, the 12 points, 13 points is kind of disappointing, but I still think going forward, you still have to be very excited about what Saquon at least has been doing. It just kind of sucks that they don't have a quarterback. 
um, that can really balance out that offense. It just stinks with Saquon because I feel like every week when I'm looking at like projections or what I think I'm going to expect out of him, it's the constant battle of can Saquon rise above the mediocrity of what he's surrounded by. And I kind of get that with Derrick Henry too, but Saquon's a little bit different because I'm also expecting some play through the air as well. So a little bit more of a balance attack. I agree with you. I mean, he's been averaging about about four, I mean, high threes throughout the entire year. And he's been productive. I mean, a bit, a lot of that's coming off touchdowns, but even games where I look at that one against Buffalo, where he had 24 carries, 93 yards, still 11 points. I mean, it's not Saquon first round late or yeah, at the end of the first round numbers that I'm expecting, but considering him getting injured, the situation, I'll take that in terms of consistency. But um, I, it's it's tough. It's tough with him. It's talent. It's a situation similar to Derrick Henry. At least with Derrick Henry, I'm getting a situation where like Will Levis looks like he's like able to throw the ball downfield, and it's kind of uh-huh. scaring teams a little bit. I mean, a bit. He only had 16 points against Pittsburgh, but at on the road against Pittsburgh, yeah, uh, that's what you would game, want. Yeah, yeah, you would want that. Like, what do you what do you expect? Like, you you need 16 or you need 21, and try to hold Pittsburgh to 20. Um, going up against Tampa Bay next next week, maybe that's going to open some up for Derrick Henry. But I think what I'm most just bummed about my team are just these like consistent narratives, maybe not consistent new narratives that I'm, that I'm scared that are going to become trends. Um, Jordan Addison. Now I've, everyone's having a field day, obviously with Josh Dobbs and the, the miraculous um, situation that he was pressed into not even knowing like his center snap cadence and, learning guys' names a day of and uh-huh. and figuring out the situation. They scored 31 points. Um, Josh Jobs was able to move the ball. A lot of it came from the ground um, and, and, and him being able to extend plays. But when I look at 31 points and I see seven points Jordan Addison, I am worried a little bit. And um, seven targets, five catches. It was definitely there. It was um, not anything out of the ordinary in terms of uh, his average yards per reception. Jordan Addison's more of a deep ball guy, but still 10, 10 yards per reception. I'll take that. But I just, where I was kind of getting that, that maybe upside Mike Williams value that I was expecting out of Mike Williams earlier in the year, I was kind of feeling like, okay, maybe I can replicate that with Jordan Addison. And this week, a bit everything that happened with Joshua Dobbs and that whole situation. Like I don't feel great about it, but I um I'm just gonna have to play it out one more week. Dylan Waddle really continues quick, I wanna, to be I hurt. Touch on Go ahead. Jordan Addison, because I I do think that there's a slimmer of hope because I don't think they're the same wide receiver necessarily, but I can see similar production going forward with Jordan Addison. And you would know this because you also have him when Josh Dobbs was throwing to Marquise Brown. Um, I, I think there is some similarities there. Um, and I, and I do think that, you know, there were some weeks where Marquise Brown had good weeks. You're looking at weeks two through five. Uh, he had, he averaged essentially 13 to 14 points a week. Um, and, and I do think, and I do think there are going to be some weeks where he gets five to six points as well. But I think that there is some slimmer of hope. I would say this, I think you're much better off with Josh Dobbs than you're going to be with whoever Jaron Hall. Um, because I do think Josh Dobbs can throw the ball much more efficient. Jaron Hall and watching a little bit of that game before he was out with a concussion ran the ball a lot too. 
Um, and so I think Josh Dobbs, who is an established thrower, he's not the best, but he's a serviceable quarterback. I would still say he's probably bottom, you know, seven in the league as far as a quarterback goes. But you're looking at someone that last year, I believe, he, was he on the Titans for a couple games last year? Mm, and I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I'm pretty sure he played like against the Jags um, on like a Thursday night football. For some reason, that's like popping into my memory. But this is a guy that has NFL experience. And so I would much rather have him going um, and being the quarterback with a talented receiver like Jordan Addison because we saw it in Arizona with Marquise Brown. So I'm just, I, I think there is some similarities there. And yeah, he's not exactly, Jordan Addison's not going to be your wide receiver. Well, he might have to be your wide receiver one. But and I don't think he's going to be getting wide receiver one numbers, but I yeah. still do think that he is going to be a play that perhaps can get you 15 points a game. Yeah. And if I'm looking at positives here, I see 20 completed pass from Josh Dobbs this past week and five of those receptions came from Jordan Addison. 25 percent target share, especially when you have a big guy like TJ Hawkinson roaming around the field. Mm-hmm. You'll take that. I mean, because Jordan Addison obviously has a talent that five to seven catches in a game with his speed that he's. Always a threat to break one off. Jalen Waddle, what I was saying real quick, was just continuously just being a, a a risk of just being injured at any point in the game. He did come back in the Germany game, but uh he still missed just, yeah, solid quarter. Um solid yeah. quarter. And it's and in his efficiency just lately, and I I mean I don't watch I don't go back and watch Miami Dolphins tape <laughs> or anything, but you're looking at week eight, 12 targets, seven catches, week uh, this past week, six targets, three catches. There's a lot of weeks. Week five, ten targets, five catches. There's just a lot of weeks where he's just really hasn't been that sure hand. He hasn't been that sure being on the field. And that, uh, God, that needs to change. That really needs to change because if, if I don't have a number one wide receiver with Jordan Addison, then I need to have two wide receiver twos, like steady options because me th- rolling out my flex of Chris Godwin uh, who put up 2.6 points, same thing, 37 to 39. And I have a guy that's essentially out there every play, almost every snap in the game, having six targets for two catches. It's just not going to get it done. And when I'm playing within the margins that I am, and I'm hoping that I get somewhat consistent weeks, consistent output for my running backs, like I got this week, and I'm getting a free 26 points from the Browns defense that you so elegant, eloquently called. I mean, I mean, uh, yeah. I, like you, not that you, like you were just kind of blown away that I would say that they would have more points than some of the position players. This was the highest points out of all of your players combined, both you and a Shane combined. There's not a player or a kicker that surpassed 26 points. Um, so I called that to a T perfectly. And I'm Cleveland Browns defense by far last week was the best defense of the week. And I, and I don't want this to be a growing trend, but I'm going to leave my team on this note. If I would have started Najee Harris in the flex spot, I would have won this week. No, you brutal. Yeah. No, is that right? 12. It would have been exactly. It would have been a a little bit. You would have won by what? 0.8. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're never, I mean, I, hopefully you start Najee Harris this week, um, because no, he's not on the lineup. Yeah. The Najee Harris does not belong on a starting lineup. Yeah. Let's head over to Shane's team. Um, who put up one eighteen, a pretty solid score. Um, kind of just, um, on the backs of, we, we both 
said that, uh, especially you were kind of concerned with that CD lamb matchup against the Eagles. I definitely said that that was one to watch out for where CD would be one of the top wide receivers of the week. I really liked that play. <clears throat> we both called Puka Nakua not having a great game, mostly because just, um, just the quarterback situation and not really, you know, having any confidence with that. Dalton Schultz was definitely the backbreaker of the week for you. Cause I believe that one of those touchdowns was on like on a third and like 11 or a third and 12 in the red zone. Um, and he's become, you know, CJ Stroud's one of his favorite targets too. Um, and so I think going forward, good pickup by a Shane and way to keep him on the bench because Darren Waller was someone that a Shane was kind of leaning on in some weeks. Well, it looks like he's found a solid tight end option in Dalton Schultz. Um, and then the last one I want to touch on before any other ones you want to talk about, but Brees Hall, once again, can we stop saying the Chargers are bad against the run? Because they are good against the run. They are bad against the pass this year, but they are good against the run. Once again, the Chargers defense has a good, uh, they have just beefcakes up the middle where the Chargers only allowed 50 rushing yards to Brees Hall. Um, and I think going forward for a Shane, you know, getting a win with Christian McCaffrey on a bye week is huge um, because that doesn't happen very often. I feel like in fantasy, when you have your, your number one guy that you kind of rely on um, and he has a bye to try to get points and to try and, you know, excel and still have a good week is tough, but overall uh, a good, a good outing by a Shane's team. Yeah. And especially the quarterback situation too. I mean, he's been, he's been dancing around the quarterback, uh, especially with Brock Purdy, who has been kind of a consistent plug in for him ever since the injury of Justin Fields that he's playing quarterback roulette. And you got couple that with what you mentioned, Christian McCaffrey being on by and, and solid guys like Darren Waller, even though he has been solid, but like options that you had going into the season that you thought were going to be consistent um, I feel like he's juggled a bit. He's had different lineups. He's had the same kind of collection of guys. He had different lineups um, week in and week out. Uh, I don't know. It, we both advocate for Nico Collins, and that was 12 points. That was over Pukunakua. I mean, I gave yeah. him extra points that, for him to beat me by, but <laughs> he really didn't need it. 118, 106, he takes the win. QB sneaks 5-4, and four, fourth place. The cat hashtag 9 lies, 4-5, and five, sitting in fifth. Matchup of the week, Notorious 8-1 with the victory, 107-87 to over my podcast host, Alvin and the Chipmunks, 3-6, 7th place, and 87 points. I'm looking at Jake's roster. I mean, it's it's not deserved. Alan Kamara has just been an absolute animal and on this tear, but definitely coming back down to earth moment for him, uh, 9 points. We're looking at Garrett Wilson, who... Um, God, he's he has that every other curse right now. You're looking at seven points, 10, 6, 13, 14, 9, but as your number one option, number one wide receiver, he's not guys number drafted one. him at. He's well, yeah, not your number one, I, of I, course. I draft, well, you drafted him at. Well, also, uh, if you're looking at all these players, I think I only drafted like two of them, maybe yeah. three of them. So it's classic yeah. Baki. But um, yeah, just just overall, just meh performances. Uh Travis Kelsey continues to not have uh, Taylor Swift in the in the crowd, and that's yes. definitely affecting him in Germany. So all during the bye week, he's going to go visit her. So maybe that's going to be the magic that you need to get that uh, production off the Schneid because 
you draft Travis Kelsey, you're winning every single week in the tight end room, and you're you're posting two point nine, especially investing a high pick into him. That's just brutal. Also, kind of brutal. Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard now back to back weeks. I mean, pretty much. I mean, you didn't have him. I believe you didn't have him in the bye week. But if you had Tony Pollard, you had three weeks where one you couldn't even play him. In the last two weeks, he's getting under eight points. You're you're scratching your head a little bit because yeah, everyone coming into this league, they're like, hey, there's no backfield, there's no there's no Zeke. We saw what he can do, and it, and especially last year too, there was a thing with Tony Pollard was he made a lot out of little. Like he definitely sure. was combating with Zeke in terms of touches, mm-hmm. but he was so electric that you get him 10, 10 touches, twelve touches, and he will break one. He yeah. just hasn't done it yet. He did that multiple times last year. And I will say, you can just tell he's not the same as last year. He did uh, he did get hurt, and he had to have ankle surgery in the offseason. He was going to be out for, I think it was like two to three months. And so, you know, maybe he did lose a step. That could possibly be a thing. It's just frustrating that, like, watching this Cowboys offense, and I will say Dax looked better this year at times. Uh, CD has looked good here and there. But like Tony Pollard still the last two weeks, he's averaged over four yards a carry. Like it's there. It's just like the way that they run their red zone offense. It's a lot of tight ends. And that's what they've been doing the last couple of years. But the new offensive coordinator, actually Mike McCarthy, essentially calling offensive plays. But Jake Ferguson is getting touchdowns. That Luke Schoonmaker rookie guy, he got a, a stuffed basically right at the goal line. Um, and I will say Tony Pollard had a touchdown that was called back because the offensive lineman forgot to, to, you know, declare as eligible, um, which is frustrating because he had one in right there. And if you're looking at that, then you're looking at like a 14 point game, which, which is good. It's not exactly what I would want out of Tony Pollard. I would expect, you know, 15 points around that area, but <coughs> perhaps my expectations are a little high for him going forward. He does have a great matchup next weekend against the giants. We've talked about the giants run defense and it being Swiss cheese. So, I'm looking forward to that, but this past week, just, just frustrating across the board. I wouldn't even say it was a man week. I, I, this is just not a good, it's not a good week at all. I think it's a very, uh, it's not, it's a bad week for my team because you're looking at, you know, uh, projected at 124 and you know, that's about 40 points, a little less than 40 than what I was projected for. Alvin Kamara had multiple chances you are spot on with how Taysom Hill is being used. He is now the inside the five, 10 yard line guy, especially on second and third downs because they just pound the rock with him. And so Alvin Kamara did have a chance or two. He just couldn't get in. Um, but yeah, going forward, this would, this was a week that I kind of needed to win because this next week I have both AJ Brown and Travis Kelsey on buys, which is going to be rough. Um, especially, and I'm, I'm not going to talk about tracing yet, but like when you look across very quickly, especially when you watch that Sunday morning game, I of course cared that Travis Kelsey got me 2.9 points. But if that meant that Isaiah Pacheco and Tyreek combined for around 15, I'm okay with that. Like it's not the end of the world. Um, so I thought going into the 10 o'clock games, okay, like I have a chance here. Um, and, you know, I just needed some of these players to step up. And unfortunately they didn't. Last guy I want to talk about is Lamar Jackson because it's crazy to think about. In my opinion, I think Lamar Jackson right now is the MVP of the league um, because I think the way that that team is playing, 
and how efficient Lamar has been this year has been as a winning quarterback in the NFL, like the MVP. Um, but for fantasy purposes, he this offense is frustrating so much so that I might be trying to look for another quarterback because I don't know if I can take watching the Ravens offense anymore and watching Gus Edwards run the ball in inside the five yard line inside the three yard line. Um, and essentially the only touchdowns that Lamar has been able to throw, I feel like on a consistent basis, especially the last five years has been to Mark Andrews. Um, I still don't see enough wide receivers that have really stepped up. I don't think Zay Flowers is someone that, you know, he did get drafted in the first round and who knows down the line, if he could be that first round wide receiver and be a number one overall wide receiver. But I don't see that in him on a consistent basis. Odell had a touchdown reception from, uh, I almost said Brett Hundley. It's uh, Tyler, what's his name? Uh, Tyler Huntley. Yeah. Um, and that's frustrating to watch. Watching a backup quarterback throw a touchdown, have this exact same amount of touchdowns as Lamar. Um, so it sucks. Like, it sucks that Lamar, I, in my opinion, MVP of the league, but for fantasy, even though he is, I think he's ranked fifth. Yeah, he's ranked fifth in fantasy production. The last couple of weeks where I really needed him to be consistent, 20, 22, 25 points, like some of these other quarterbacks that are in the top five, we're looking at less than 12 points. And in two, and in both of those games, they've crushed the other team. So it's really, it sucks to see because they're, they've been playing so well as a defense, as, as, as an efficient offense on the ground, as a team overall, but it's not translating into fantasy points, which is just, it's, it's hard to watch. Yeah. And it's, and it's difficult because while, man, it's just difficult because there's obviously no better option out there. Like, like when you're forecasting weeks ahead, you're always going to be comparing them to Lamar Jackson and you're like, well, the potential's there. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely we, I mean, we there's talk not about a quarterback lot. on the waiver wire that I would pick up and be like, oh yeah, I want to start him over Lamar. There's just absolutely no shot. Yeah. Now are there other yeah. teams that perhaps I mean Phil's not gonna trade, but like you know, if I could offer him up some depth for CJ Stroud, then yeah, maybe I'd start doing that because CJ is going to need to use his arm in order for that Houston Texans team to win. Lamar doesn't need to. Like he, yeah. he doesn't need to use his arm and really his legs anymore. Um, he can throw for 200 yards, one touchdown and 30 rushing yards, and they can win 37 to three. Like that's how good that team is right now and how good they're playing. And why would they ever change the way that he's playing when they're winning by that much? You know what I mean? So for fantasy yeah. purposes it sucks, like, because yeah, great job for him. And, and if I'm a Ravens fan, I'm stoked because I, I think I have one of the top teams in the AFC and in the NFL. But for fantasy purposes, I just I don't know what to expect the rest of the season, especially when yeah. they start getting into the divisional games like next mm-hmm. week where they play the Browns, they play the Bengals. They, you know, they play these teams still that are going to be tight division games against good defenses. Yeah, and that's, that's going to be always a low scoring games. Yeah, but maybe that maybe. Maybe when you're playing against and Lamar's had like a crazy record um, against like the NFC, I believe it's the NFC, like something like like there he's like undefeated or like has his like highest like passing efficiency against them or QBR against them. So it's like 
to the vision and it's like a section of his schedule that he's always like been able to like maneuver pretty well. But I mean, when we think of Lamar Jackson as a fantasy asset, we don't think about it during the times when he's blowing out teams. We think about it crunch time. We think about it in those tough divisional matchups. So um, we'll just, I, I still think this is a blip on the, uh, or just a low, low point in the overall, just like consistent guy Lamar is, but and I, this kind of I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna push back and disagree. I'm looking at his stats right now. His last five weeks, he had one great week. Right, it was against that Lions game mm-hmm. where in the first half, crazy good numbers, played great. The the that is sandwiched in between. So the four last five weeks, four out of the five weeks, less than seventeen points per week, and I believe they've won every single game. That he scored bless, or bless, uh, below bless, bless, below those twenty points, right? Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, he can, he can have, he can have these crazy good numbers against NFC teams as far as like win percentage, but it's not translating into fantasy points, right? Because he's not running the ball as much as he used to. No, we talked about in weeks three and four when I made that trade. Oh, it's nice to have Lamar doing rushing touchdowns and getting those points. He's only had one rushing touchdown since week four, right? So, like, that's not why I traded for Lamar, right? I traded for Lamar to get one or two maybe every other week or, you know, two rushing touchdowns every three games, something like that. It just hasn't Mm -hmm. been there the last five weeks. And you're playing Cleveland and Cincinnati the next two weeks. You know, I I still think that we're looking at, oh, shit, like, I'm going to need other players to step up. Because you can't get me more than 20 points as a quarterback. We have issues. Mm-hmm. And this, you talking about your whole team, talking about ups, down, this guy didn't do great. This is pretty much on par with the Notorious. You've, you've griped about his team. Um, seems like the past couple of weeks that no matter who the Notorious plane is, he's getting the worst outing out of his opponents. Yeah. And and I just want to say that you are the only one that has beat him this year. And it's crazy to think that the two players that notorious is kryptonite has been Deonta Foreman. And who was the other one that scored 30 points um, on your team? Uh, I don't don't know. Look at it right now. I think Uh, Jordan Addison. So Deonta Foreman and Jordan Addison both dropped 30 on Trey, who would have thought that the kryptonite was Deonta Foreman mostly? Well, really, honestly, for his team, his kryptonite and like his, I guess, like not really kryptonite because it's not like weakening him, but like strengthening him. It's just consistent big outings from guys like Josh Allen, Josh Jacobs, the, that tandem. Um, we talked about how frustrating it is to be a James Cook owner. It's pretty sweet when you're a Josh Allen owner. If he can just limit turnovers, he's going to get you. He's going to get you those points. He's going to get you in, in kind of the ugliest way. I mean, so far this year, besides that absolute stinker week one against the Jets, pretty consistent mid-20s. Uh, he's at one blip at 13 in that Giants game um, where he was pretty inefficient and was obviously a victim of interceptions. But right now, interceptions are the only things kind of holding him back. Um, he continues to be throwing touchdowns. Last three weeks, he's rushed one. He's had a rushing touchdown in all those weeks. I mean, he has last had two six weeks in the last seven weeks. It's it's insane yeah. the amount of rushing touchdowns this guy's gotten, and a lot of them are those inside the five uh, type of runs that have taken away from guys like James Cook, 
Um, and, and sometimes, you know, what's his name? Latavius Murray gets those rushing touchdowns too. But watching that game, and not that like really matter because at that time, I after Josh Jacobs, after seeing opening up the ESPN app, first quarter, first drive, and seeing Josh Jacobs have like five straight runs, I was like, oh God, I'm done. Like, I just, I knew coming into it that we talked about this with Devontae Adams and he didn't translate, but I knew when Antonio Pierce was like, we're going to give the star players the ball. And I was like, shit, here comes a Josh Jacobs, hundred rushing yards, two touchdowns kind of game. And, and watching my team not score any points when I read that basically in the early part of the day, I was like, well, if my team's not scoring points, I know Josh Jacobs is going to, cause he had that great matchup too. So yeah, just just a just a rough one. But go ahead on, yeah. on Josh Allen. No, it's just it's it's just consistency. I mean, when you mm-hmm. when you can hammer those two in, and you talk about it, you're watching the Sunday morning game and seeing eight point five. You 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 said the you said it right after the game. You wanted a T-shirt. You survived Tyreek Hill, and you did. And really, that's what you're kind of getting when you're going against the notorious. Is you're watching those top two guys, and did Tyreek hit a fifty yard bomb? He didn't. And that offense struggled, especially coming in the first half. And you're looking pretty positive. Death by a thousand cuts, usually in games when Tyreek doesn't score the touchdown. Mm-hmm. But 8.5, you're looking at Isaiah Pacheco, 6.6. He's kind of another one of those guys that surges. And when he has a when he has a good game, he has a great game. But you usually get weeks like this every now and then where it's just kind of minimal. Kind of the same vein of what you're getting out of uh, James Cook. Last two weeks, under seven points. And those are coming off of obviously that Denver game where they struggled. And then this game, they got off to a quick lead in the, they got off to a quick lead in the first half. One of those came off a defensive touchdown. So you're, you're spreading out two touchdowns and always sucks when McKinnon gets one of those rushing, uh, one of those touchdowns in the running back room where, so you're looking at, I kind of the two guys besides you're looking at Pacheco who could have burned you. And really the difference between the 20 points was not only what was wrong with your team, but some of the guys on, on Trey's team that have been prone at times to just put up absolute stinkers were somewhat consistent. The question marks with TJ Hawkinson, um, such as with Joshua Dobbs and that, and well, Joshua Dobbs came in later in the situation, but mm-hmm. the quarterback question in general, Mike Evans continues to be Mike Evans continues to be the most like frustrating guy to watch your opponent have because we saw in the Buffalo game where he was just shut down and then he had a late touchdown that put him into that 11 points, the 11 point uh, stratosphere. And then he only had, he only had four catches for 87 yards for like a 21. So it's like, I I would imagine in that there was one big bomb that he catched. That's just Mike Evans. It was that like 50, it was like a 50 yarder that he got tackled at the one yard line. Uh, Yeah. And it was about to be a touchdown. Yeah, both of those guys I was watching because I think those are the only two guys at the 10 a.m.s. Yeah, that Trey had. He only had those two. And both of those guys had about, I think Mike Evans might have had like two or three points at halftime. But TJ had zero. He did not have a single yeah. catch in the first half. And I was like, okay, good. Like, we might have a shot here because I was looking at, I was looking at uh, Alvin Kamara and I was like, you know, he's got me three points at halftime right now, four points at halftime. Um, so like maybe we're matching over here now, but, and then Josh Dobbs came in and the last two drives that Dobbs had, they were all to TJ. Like every single throw was to TJ 
and he was hitting them on the money. So it was one of those where I was like, not garbage time. Cause he definitely was coming back um, and trying to win that game or tie it up. But it was like, it was just one of those, you're yelling at the TV, like the Falcons, like they have one dude, like just put two guys on them, but the Falcons yeah. are a dumpster fire in themselves. But uh, yeah, I mean, if, like I said, if you were to tell me that <coughs> Tyreek Hill got 8.5 and Trey only scores 107, I would have felt very confident in my team beating that, but they just, no one really showed up um, on, on Sunday besides of course, AJ Brown, who's just an absolute monster. And it's a three it's he's now entered the race in my opinion for uh offensive player of the year because he gets i feel like he gets a touchdown every week um he's at six right now um not a lot you know receiving yards but you know he's getting his touchdowns which is really what i need on my team um but yeah trey trey moving on to eight and one he's actually clinched a playoff spot i don't know if you knew that um, and he has clinched officially a playoff spot. And if you look on the standings, I believe there's an X next to his name. Um, and I will say it, it's very, it's, it's, it's earned. Um, he had a good draft and he's hit on a lot of these players like Jacoby Myers, who, you know, 17 yard rush. How often is that going to happen? Not very often, but he is a player that is consistent, but good draft and, you know, good lineups every week by Trey deserves that. Um, playoff spot that he clinched my team going to three and six. We are now in seventh trying to climb back in and try to get a playoff spot. We got the cat hashtag nine lies four and five going up against run runners this week. It's week 10, 10 weeks, yeah. 10 weeks flown by flown by. And we're talking about a matchup that's featuring Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield, Jake, the, Oof. Oh, woof. Oh, how the times have came. We're looking at my lineup. We got Jared Goff's Jared Goff against Chargers. You did mention the run, the run defense is stout, but that pass defense um, looking real prime for Jared Goff. Um, others, some other matchups of no Giants. Saquon Barkley going against Dallas. I got Derek Henry going against Tampa Bay. Question for my team right now was I'm just getting banged up and I have Najee Harris on the bench. Is A, is Blake starting Najee Harris? No, that's going to continue to happen. He's not going on my lineup, and I'm not going to drop him either. Um, Big change out of my team this week is I am putting in Marquise Brown, putting in Marquise Brown because Jalen Waddle is out on by. And then that flex spot that's usually occupied by said Chris, uh, Chris Goodwin, Jesus, Chris Goodwin. I said it again. What am I doing? Chris Godwin. There we go. Instead of occupying him, I'm moving him into the wide receiver spot. And in the flex spot, I am taking out Jordan Addison. I'm going with Javante Williams because Buffalo's defense stinks. That team stinks. Javante Williams, as of late, has been pretty productive. Looking back from week six, he's been having he's had two weeks where he's averaged five yards a carry. He's been, last two weeks, he's been a little bit more involved in the passing game. He's only had his only touchdown via the receiving, but been an efficient runner. It's an average over 80 yards the last two weeks. That's of note for my team. George Kittle's back in the lineup. I got a projection of 104. What do you think about my team, Jake? Um, there are some matchups that I like. Um, Chris Goodwin, I think he can be someone. <laughs> um, no, Chris Godwin, I think uh, Tennessee's secondary has improved a little bit. Um, but I do think being at home, this can, can be something um, that I, I think his projections might go over a little bit more. 
Um, I do think your running back matchups are tough this week. I do think Tampa Bay, um, and let me make sure that I'm just not talking about out of my ass. Yeah, Tampa Bay is number two ranked as far as fantasy uh, for running backs. Um, Dallas, um, that's a tough one too. That's on the road at Dallas. I can see this one being another similar to what I feel like the Browns Cardinals game was going to be. I feel like this is going to be a similar Dallas or a similar defensive performance in Dallas um, because we talked about this in our last um, pod that Tommy Tevito is the starter. He's just not an efficient quarterback. And if the Raiders get nine sacks against you, the Dallas Cowboys are going to get perhaps double that. Um, so <clears throat> I think this is a tough one for both those running backs. And I do feel like in order for your team to win, your running backs have to hit. Um, because it's going to be tough to get points from Godwin, Brown. Um, and, you know, I do like George Kittle as a player. He is just very inconsistent as a fantasy player because there are some games where, you know, he does great, 20 points. There are some games where he gets less than one. So you never know what you're going to get with George. But overall, I think your team is is decent this week. Um, Jared Goff, I will say this about the Chargers defense. Past defense, yeah, it hasn't been great. But lately, and I, I'm going to put a little asterisk next to this, asterisk next to this, the pass rush has been getting to quarterbacks the Chargers have been playing lately. They're, they're Bosa, Mack, and Tuli, Tui Pelotu, um, their rookie, have been getting sacks on a consistent basis. So I do think um, that... There's a chance here. I'm not saying Goff is going to have a bad day. I think there's a chance that he has an average day, gets you 11 to 14 points maybe. But I th- I also think that I read that the Lions are back to almost being 100% healthy. Montgomery's back. I think there's a couple tackles that are healthy fully, which is going to be a big boost to Jared Goff. So I don't I think 16.7 is kind of high. This could be a shootout. But I, I do, I am kind of um, weary about Goff. You don't really have another option. So I definitely think that he's your play. But yeah, I, I and when you look at across the board, though, Nick starting Baker Mayfield. And I'll, I'll take Jared Goff over Baker Mayfield any day of the week. Yeah, but I will take Nick's running backs in this situation. Travis Etienne has, is, there's obviously like top end guys we talk about obviously Christian McCaffrey, but Travis Etienne this whole season has seemed to be one of the most consistent pieces. Mm-hmm. Obviously duds week two, week four against KC at Atlanta, but you're looking at last four weeks, stretch 34, 21, 21, 26. Best, best and he running back in the last four weeks by far. Oh, by far. And going up against San Francisco, we're going to see a new defense there. Obviously the addition of Chase Young, who is just like, I, I can't even imagine Chase Young on like a good defensive team. Like I know Washington's been a decent team, but sure, like they had a couple of years. I feel like the last like two years where they were like, Oh, what watch out for this team because their defense is so good. Yeah. And well, San Francisco has always been a team that has a very fear defense, like especially them getting to the ball and getting to the rush mm-hmm. chase, adding chase young to the mix is definitely going to make a difference. Uh, Aaron Jones has definitely made a difference in the Green Bay offense when he's healthy. Problem is, is he's practicing on a limited basis this Thursday um, with hamstring that I believe he's been dealing with. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he's been dealing with it ever since week one. He's been off and on. But last week against the Rams, 20 carries with a touchdown against that poor team. But you're going up against Pittsburgh. That's another tough, like good defensive team yeah, as well. On the road. I like them. Yeah, I like the projections though out of both of those guys. I think that's fine. Talked about it when we went over last week's matchup, Devontae Adams, 10.8. It's kind of coming down. This is a tough, tough of very tough matchup. Has, I mean, five points to get a touchdown to reach these 10, this 10 point production. Oh, yeah. Um, prediction. Yeah, because you're not seeing volume. You're not no. seeing like the absurd Devontae Adams volume that we've like, even last year, like games that he struggled, like there was some weeks that he like was absolutely peppered. They're just not doing it. Josh Jacobs has just been running the ball at such an efficient pace mm-hmm. and like that. They just don't need to rely on him. Um, Michael Pittman is someone that the Colts definitely need to rely on. He's been very consistent as of late four straight weeks over 10 points um, dipping down a little bit because he hasn't had a touchdown. And obviously he didn't have uh, in week six, he had 14 targets for nine catches, 109 yards. So, that's another consistent piece. And then we go to kind of the most inconsistent pieces. If you couple in Devonte Adams with Nick's team, Kyle Pitts every week, what are you getting out of the tight end spot? 7.6 last week. He had four catches, 56 yards. I mean, maybe if you poke in a touchdown there, if they get towards the red zone and you're going up against an Arizona uh, team as a general, that is literally trading away. Josh Dobbs, seeing what they got with Kyler Murray and they're a team that just is, doesn't look good. And on the road, in a dome, I don't know. I'm trying to hype up Atlanta's offense, but I, there's really not much I can do. Debo yeah. Samuel, you talk about inconsistency. This is the guy, the poster boy. Um, after Wednesday's practice, he was listed as a full go for this week. Hopefully shaking off whatever injury rust that maybe has been playing him this whole year. Him getting the extra extra week with this week's, this past week's bye. I don't know what you're getting out of him. Uh, 12.6 seems high to me because if you look at what he's had so far this year, yeah, he's had two big blowout games where he had 19 and 22. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a lot of points. But when we're talking Debo, we're talking like multifaceted ways to score points rushing through the air. But that offense is crowded. Christian McCaffrey is, you have to give him the ball. Brandon, I, you have to give him the ball. Um, there was some injury with Brock Purdy two weeks ago as they limped into the buy. So maybe getting him healthy back, having a healthy Debo back, maybe you get a little bit of that 12 points, but I still think that's a little high. And then you got Justin Tucker, but looking at the bench, we talked about, um, I didn't even look at this matchup when we were talking about last week's matchup. I was thinking that Will Levis was going to be an option. No, he's not cut. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield's the play. And, um, and you talked about it a little bit. I don't know what he had uh, in that KC, but, Cortland Sutton continues to be kind of a solid option, but I feel like the lineup that he has rolling out this week is going to be his lineup because it's pretty similar um, besides Deshaun Watson. We never know if it's a Gabe Davis week. Um, James Conner is came, James Conner activate practice limited capacity. Wow. Yeah. No, he, yeah. So his uh, window has opened as far as him being able to return. They opened that up a couple days ago. So he essentially has three weeks to return from the IR. Um, so there's questions whether or not he's going to play this Sunday. Like, like you just said, he practiced in a limited capacity. Not sure if he's going to actually play. There might be some, you know, ramping up as far as maybe only seeing limited time on Sunday if he does. 
but I think more is uh, what's likely is him to really like go fully in two weeks. Yeah. Well, that sounds pretty good. Uh, I mean, I kind of went through the whole lineup. Anything of note, Jake? Um, no, not really. Um, actually, as you're talking about this right now, I didn't realize that Will Levis was uh, available. So we're going to pick him up right now as we're doing this live. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is There's a, t- a notification. Yep, there it is. Um, I This is a tough one because both of you are actually projected for essentially the same score. We have a 104.9 on your side and a 104.5 on Nick's. Um, just, just quickly on Nick's team. Yeah, I, I think my call this week is I'm not sure what I'm getting out of Debo, but I do think that Buffalo is still going to score points on Denver. Therefore... I'm not playing Gabe Davis, but I'm going the opposite side. I'm going Cortland Sutton over Debo for points this week. Um, I think there's a chance that Cortland can score a touchdown, uh, definitely a higher chance. And I do think that they're going to be behind. So give me the team that's really trying to catch up and throw the ball around. Buffalo's defense, like I I have said, not very high on them. Um, And I do think that they're very susceptible through the air. So give me Cortland Sutton in a, you know, find, find a spot for him, whether it's that flex spot, whether it's perhaps um, over Michael Pittman, Devontae Adams, this is a tough week this week for him. Like I said, I think he need, in order to hit those projections, I do think a touchdown needs to be scored because I'm not sure I'm getting 11 points just based off of uh, through the air and receptions. But to pick a squad this week, this is a really tough, this is actually one of the toughest ones I feel like we have this week. Um, just based off of how, Lucky this guy gets. I have to go with Nick's team just based, just solely based off of luck. Um, not because I think one team is better than the other. I think this, I think the projections are perfect here. I think this is going to be a very, very, very tight matchup and neither, or you have a Monday night game as of right now, Javante Williams. It's, I think it's going to come down to that. Ugh, I don't, I don't want to have to watch that Monday night game. I, uh, I'm also going to take run runners here. I think the, the difference is going to be the running backs. Um, I, I don't see, it's kind of hard me banking on like Michael Pittman continued. I mean, I can see 10 points out of Michael Pittman. I can see 10 points out of Marquise Brown. I mean, with, with Kyler coming back, him and Kyler actually had pretty good connection when then uh-huh. when he was healthy. I mean, last year. So that's definitely a plus plus addition, uh, for Marquise Brown. So, but I, I like Travis Etienne. I think if there's a guy that's going to blow blow past projections and outscore maybe Saquon plus maybe an un- underperforming guy on my team, it's going to be Travis Etienne. I think it's also going to be really close. I see it. I see it 110. I don't know where my team's going to get 110, but maybe some freaky George Kittle magic. Maybe get there. I see both of us hovering around 110, but I see run runners winning it close. Notorious eight and one first place going up against House Chargarian. We have a score in the book so far, seven point two. Adam Thielen continues to struggle. Jake, um, like for sure, like top ten. This is the guy uh, through the start of the season, back to back weeks now with under ten points. Targets were still there, ten targets, six catches, just nothing, nothing near the end zone. Uh, that offense is definitely sputtered after coming out yeah. of bye where Thielen hasn't been able to hit pay dirt in the last three weeks after he was coming off, look like four touchdowns in six weeks. So offense is sputtering a little bit, very low scoring uh, Thursday night football game. Um, and unfortunately for me, this seems 
like a trend that might happen this week with her team. I looking at matchups. Um, I see that Giants game with Dak. Uh, she has Patrick Mahomes on by. She got Cooper Cup on by. Uh, she's holding on to Dallas Goddard, even though he's going to be banged up for a little bit. So not a lot of options on her bench. And really, honestly, I took a look at waiver wires. Uh, not a lot of like great options in general. Uh-uh. So this is kind of going to be the lineup that she has to roll out with. But I don't like matchups that much. I don't really like Dak against uh, the Giants. I feel like that's got to be a get back game or bounce back game for that running running back room because that has been struggling in terms of. I mean, they're winning. Obviously, they're still like one of the one of the better teams in the division. So it's not like they're a team that's searching for identity. But running running the ball has always been their identity. And even though new offensive coordinator, we got McCarthy running that ship. I even feel like when when they ran when they uh, when he ran the offense in Green Bay, like that was still like a running back identity team. I see where you mentioned in the previous matchup where utilizing a lot of tight ends in the in the end zone. I think of like Martavius Bryant. I think about like all those old tight ends that Aaron Rodgers used to throw Richie Rogers and stuff like that. So maybe that's just the moxie of the team, but I also saw a run first team. So I feel like this is a game where they're going to be um, definitely in the lead. Hopefully they get him involved. I just don't know about Dak. I have questions about that. Um, once I stop talking rambling, you can touch on the chargers Detroit game. Cause that's actually a big game for you and I Jake with our, with our mm-hmm. uh, Dan Campbell, but uh Ramondre Steven against Indianapolis this is going to be a sinker game. This is the Germany game, six thirty in the morning, where I was kind of sleeping for this game. Yeah, I'm not going to watch this. I forced myself to get up a little bit. I mean, it's not that it was like eight a.m. where I got up, but I was just like, when I woke up, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get out of bed. I'm going to watch this game. If I roll out of bed and I'm uncertain if I want to go get up and like watch football, as soon as I remember that it's New England and Colts, I'm not going to watch this game. It's going to be a stinker of a game. Um, and I, we didn't talk. We're not. We don't really talk defenses when we go over matchups. I took Indianapolis' defense um, because I, I don't know why I like them against New England. That New England team is uninspiring, um, and I just want nothing to do with it. And I don't want anything to do with Ramondre Stevenson. Wrapping it all up, the only guy that I'm excited to see is Tank Dell against Cincinnati. Cincinnati has been a much better team as of late. Uh-huh. Um, the defense is a lot better, but give me. Second week in row Tank Dell after we saw him come back alive after his injury last week. So I'm excited about that. What do you like, Jake? Uh, I don't like much. Um, <laughs> I I love Tank Dell. He is someone that I really enjoy watch play. And I did say that you need to find him in um, a spot for him on your team. I would temper expectations with this matchup. It being on the road against a good defense um, that has, or a defense that's shown that they're much better this season than they have, uh, especially lately than they have been at the beginning of the year. Um, and even with Nico Collins out, perhaps Tank Dell is getting going to get a lot more targets. But and I will keep on beating this drum. I'm not a huge target guy. I need to see production. Um, targets only mean so much to me. So I, I'm not sure what I'm going to get out of Tank Dell this week. Um, I think 10.7 is, is a lot um, for someone that <coughs> is inconsistent um, as far as just having production, productive weeks. He has turned into a boomer bust type of player um, because you're looking at three weeks here that are amazing. 16 points, 25 points, 26 points. 
And then you're looking at some weeks, four points, three points, four points, six points. Now he's a rookie and like you have to, you have to temper your expectations on rookies because they, they're not going to be Justin Jefferson every single year. Um, you know, Justin Jefferson came into the league and dropped a thousand yards his first season. Um, so, you know, I look at the rest of this team and I just don't like a lot of, and it's already starting off on the wrong foot with Adam Thielen. Um, once again, we both like Adam Thielen going into the year, but just, just a, a rough go out of it as of late. It, the two top players that should get the most points are going up against tough matchups. Dak against the Giants. They're 10th ranked as far as the Giants are, as far as, uh, as far as defense. Not really high on the Giants defense, so I'm not too worried about that. But I do agree. I feel with like you. that's always a product of like quarterback doesn't need to do anything anymore because sure, because the run defense it, is so bad. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, the run defense hasn't necessarily uh, has been the worst in football, and so therefore, yeah, let's just run the ball a bunch of times. Um, so I agree with you that I think Tony Pollard and um, ha- is going to have a, a much better game this week than he's had. Um, you know, before basically week one, actually, if we, if I remember correctly, they played the giants week one. That is correct. Yeah. So week one, Dak only had to throw for 143 yards and he had six points and I believe they won 40 to zero. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. They that won was that really to, rainy yeah. game where they, it, yeah. they just kept turning the ball yep, over. It was, it was a Sunday night game and it was like two defensive touchdowns and Tony Pollard had only 14 carries, but he had 70 yards and two touchdowns. So yeah, I, I, I'm not saying it's going to be 40 to actually, I want to be surprised if it's 40 to zero again. Um, but this is just going to be a game that perhaps Dallas kind of just runs away with it by using their defense and the run game again. And that's just not enough. That's not a lot of points for Dak. Um, and then just really quick, Austin Eckler against Detroit, Detroit's rush defense is, is much improved this year and they are stingy on the ground. I'm not a fan of them through the air. I think their their uh pass defense, is susceptible. I think you can throw on them, but I do think it's going to be a struggle to run the ball. I do think Austin Eckler um, can take advantage through the air and the, that screen game. And, and so look for him to get four to five catches um, and kind of have success through the air. But yeah, on the ground, I think once again, until I see that he can efficiently run, um, he's just not someone that, um, you know, I'm going to think that he's going to get, you know, he's projected for almost 17 points, which I think is extremely high. Um, but he could get there. But everybody else, I just, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, I think it's going to be a struggle to break 100 for stuff. I, I tried really hard to like interject when we were talking about Trey's team last week about uh, Rashad White and mm-hmm. what he's been quietly doing mm-hmm. in the last couple of weeks. Not even a couple, like last three weeks. Like, Talked about like Mike Evans just getting these like garbage touchdowns, these garbage touchdowns or like big plays that are like ballooning his stats. I honestly think as of the last three weeks, the best wide receiver receiver for Tampa Bay has been Rashad White. You're looking at sure. he, he's posted 65, 70, 46 yards in, in those three matchups, seven catches, six catches, four catches. Last week, definitely ballooned by the two touchdowns that he has. And kind of written off like a huge, huge disappointment um, for expectations heading into the year drafted in the sixth round where 
sixth round is probably where you're getting, you're not getting top end guys, but you're looking at guys that are like solidified in their role, but maybe on a team that's not going to be doing much during the year. Tampa kind of fit that, that bill was like, we don't really know what we're going to get out of Tampa. Baker's a quarterback. We don't know how the offense goes, but Rashad White's like the only running back and he's got talent. So he could be a good option. And he, he came out of the gate struggling five points, 18. And then we got five, nine, a buy and, and five and then five points again where it's like i i don't want to hear about the guy uh-huh. but just quietly the last three weeks has just been very very efficient plus matchup absolute plus matchups against tennessee you mentioned a little bit better in the air but still it's a it's a team where you want to you want to start your wide receivers against and if there's any week to survive tyreek hill it was not only last week but it's this week because he's on by he can't hurt you so uh-huh. out goes tyreek hill in comes our favorite boomer bust play, Jake Tyler Lockett. Yep. And talk about a guy that I have no idea what he's been doing this year. He's been doing exactly that. Boomer bust, 12 points, 5 points, 18 points, 4 points. But what going it, up against Washington. Talk though. about going back and forth. What is this week supposed to be for Tyler Lockett? If you look at the last well, four weeks. This is the boom play. This is the boom week. So you're looking at a, especially against the team that he's going up against. Washington is one of the worst teams through the air on defense. And yeah, I, I think once again, I'm going to beat this drum. I think Trey gets lucky again with not having Tyreek Hill, not having Pacheco. Um, even Jacoby Myers going up against. Uh, the number one pass defense, and I, I feel like it's by far in the New York Jets. I think that this team, I think Trey can go back to scoring 105 this week and still beat Steph by 30 points. Yeah, um, and, think- and it's going to be one of those where you're just like, Trey gets win number nine just because Steph is struggling to find players because this is by Mageddon for a lot of teams this week. My team, uh, Steph's team, and if Trey was playing anybody else that didn't really have any buys, you would look like, oh, I, I think Trey could lose this week. Um, but he's going up against a squad that is starting, and it's just based off name. It's not based off of actual production. But if you are to tell me that a starting lineup in Week 10 were to have Tank Dell, Adam Thielen, Trey McBride, and Christian Kirk, I would go, God, that team's going to lose by 30, 40 points perhaps. And I do think that this was what happens this week. Yeah, and and we always crush Trey with like, why do you have two defenses? Why do you have two quarterbacks? Why do you have all this? And where this would be a team that's like heavy on like their star players, where he's losing Tyreek, he's losing Tua, where he would get crushed. But now Tua's the backup. Like take out Tyreek Hill, you you plug in Tyler Lockett that every now and then can get you big weeks. Mike Evans has can win you a matchup, and you're looking at. Across the way, you're looking at Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk, I'd rather have Mike Evans than Christian Kirk. I'd rather have Tyler Lockett, I think, than Christian Kirk this week. So Trey continues to be competitive uh-huh. and continues to put out a decent fielding team, especially when she's when he is going against a team that you and I are both just super down on. Like 98 projected total. Like, yeah, I see it right there. Like I or I even see lower than that with this matchup. So I don't I believe you said it in your in your speech there, but I'm taking Trey. Um I'm taking Trey by a lot. It's gonna be nine and one 
And yeah. and by a lot, I'm saying he hits his. I can see him hitting his projection. I don't. At I don't. I would. Uh, I think 110. Yeah. I also. I just wouldn't be surprised if he hits under 100. I think 15 points for Josh Jacobs against a very good uh, New York Jets. Um, that's probably the. Yeah, that's the highest projection uh, player besides Josh Allen, of course. But I think it'd be a struggle for him to get there. CJ Hawkinson against the Saints. I mean, you've kind of watched Saints games. I'm not exactly sure how uh, they've been against tight ends, but and maybe I just have just really I just keep on thinking the Saints defense is going to show up and be the Saints defense of old. But sometimes, yeah, they look miserable out there. Um but yeah, maybe Tyler Lockett. I wouldn't be surprised if Tyler Lockett is his highest scoring, um, <laughs> which is crazy to think about, but is the highest scoring uh, position player on the squad. So yeah, give me Trey's team as well. Um, and yeah, I think Steph, Steph and I are going to battle Sam out for, and possibly you for that, for that fifth and sixth spot. Um, but it'll be a fun race towards the end, but give me Trey. Alvin and the Chipmunks, three and six, seventh place going up against QB Sneaks, five and four. He is in fourth place, and it is week 10. The Niners are back off their bye. So, Jake, Chris McCaffrey, you survived Tyreek Hill. You didn't come out with the win. Now, for your next trick, you're going to go up against a, you know what? It's a relatively healthy QB Sneaks team in terms of like, there's no big buys. You're losing Pukunakua, but. I mean, Puka is nothing without Matthew Stafford right now. And Raheem Mostert, who has had his ups and downs, he's been killing you in weeks. But you've mentioned it a couple times. you got to get Brees Hall in the lineup. He's in the lineup this week going up against Las Vegas. Yeah. And, yeah. and then Dalton Schultz coming off that big week. He's rolling double Cincinnati uh, or double Texans against that tough Cincinnati matchup. But you like the plays. I like the plays of Dalton Schultz. Reliable target. Um, I think you crushed me weeks ago before he went on by about how I was saying like, hey, he could be one of the like those top end tight ends uh, just because of his because he's on a high octane offense. CJ Stroud is just a walking uh, rookie of the year and someone's got to touch catch touchdowns there. And then there's a lot of like solid options, just like Nico Collins that he's putting in this week. But Having him in the lineup, just an extremely well-balanced lineup this week from QB Sneaks. Where are you poking holes? Nowhere. It's just another loss. For okay, well, let's one. go to the Alvin and the Chipmunks then. Lamar Jackson no, is really quick. I mean, I'm already down. Like I said, anytime Christian McCaffrey, it's automatic 6-0. Um, start down 6 to nothing. You know, if I lose to Brock Purdy, um. It's just, yeah, I mean, I don't know with QB sneaks because Nico Collins, I think there's actually a good chance that he doesn't play. He didn't practice today and we're recording on a Thursday. Usually if you don't practice on a Thursday, um, you most likely aren't going to be playing in the game. And if he goes with no Nico Collins, I guess you can throw Drake London in there against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, And that might be a saving grace for me. But you're looking at some of these matchups. Yeah, like Brees Hall against the Raiders. Like once again, I'm going to have to like, like hope that, you know, a very good matchup just doesn't like similarly to Josh Jacobs to the Giants last week. I have to hope that he doesn't go off. 
before last week, you're looking at a guy that averaged around 22, 23 points his last three games. Um, and so if Christian McCaffrey and Brees Hall each get 20 points, I'm absolutely screwed. Um, I am pretty much done for this week because I'm looking at CD against the Giants. Uh, we talked about how we think it's going to be a rushing game, but CD has been pretty good as of late. Um, you're looking at a guy that's got 22 last week, the week prior, 35, and the week before that, 15. So he's had a good um, last few weeks. Keenan Allen um, hasn't necessarily hit the end zone recently, but the last couple of weeks getting around 11 to 12 points, you would just ha- you have to think one of these weeks he's going to score a touchdown. Would not be surprised if it's this week because I do think that's going to be a good high-scoring game. Talked about Dalton Schultz. Look, Dalton Schultz, I drafted him for a reason. And after I got Travis Kelsey, I had to let him go. So um, he is someone that has definitely become a reliable target. He's moved himself into the top 10 as far as tight ends. You're looking at the last five weeks that he's actually played. There's a bye week in there. But the last five weeks he's actually played over 10, actually over 11 points for those five weeks. It's exactly what you want out of a tight end. So, yeah, I I think you're looking even at the Ravens against Cleveland. I can see the Ravens defense putting a lot of pressure on Deshaun Watson. Um, and that's at home. If this is on the road, I'd feel a little bit better. But at home, that place is going to be going crazy. Tight divisional game. Would not be surprised if Deshaun Watson throws one backwards on purpose 45 yards down the field. Um, like that, I forgot what game that was, which was just incredible to watch. But that fumble that he had that one game uh, where it was just he threw it backwards. Um, no, I'm blanking on it, too. I don't remember that one. I remember it. I remember, I the, play. remember the game. Yeah, I, I feel like it was definitely it was maybe against like the Steelers or something like that. It was some divisional game. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, QB Sneaks has a good team. We'll see if I can survive. the. I mean, his buys this week are Puka and Raheem, which aren't necessarily like biggest losses for him because he has other players to back him up, especially on the wide receiver end. But yeah, it's uh, I guess we'll see if I can survive Christian McCaffrey. That's, that's always the worst situation. Um, but you got some guys, Jake though, like you got Alvin Kamara. Um, according to mine, you have an empty wide receiver spot. So you must be tinkering yeah. the lineup as we speak. I, I am looking on the waiver wire. I'm trying to see if there's anyone out there. Um, Jerry Judy. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not touching Jerry Judy. Um, We'll see. Uh, there is definitely someone I have my eye on. Um, I just have to wait and see if I can grab him. But um, yeah, I actually just picked up Will Levis because at some point Lamar is going to have a bye week. So I figure that, you know, we'll try to see if I can strike gold with the rookie uh, going forward, who has somewhat of a favorable schedule the rest of the season, plays uh, Carolina, Indianapolis, Houston, uh, Seattle. So yeah, I'll hold on to him. But by far the biggest thing this week for my team is missing my essentially my top two players. Uh, it sucks that they have a bye week the same week. Be nice if that was split up. But both Travis Kelsey and AJ Brown being out uh, have relied on them heavily. I mean, even though I'm three and six, I'm still scoring points except for last week. But in general, on average, I'm scoring points. But thanks to these two guys. Um, and so these two guys being out really hits my team hard, especially because. Not only does my hit my team hard, but guys that I would have played in, you know, uh, AJ Brown's position, tough matchup. Like Amari Cooper this year 
I have just missed on him the entire season. Whenever yeah. <laughs> I play him, he gets me two, three, five points. Whenever I don't play him last week, 22 points. Uh, the week before that, he had 12. Against San Francisco, he had 13. Um, so, yeah, like, and he plays Baltimore on the road. Baltimore has the fifth best fantasy pass defense. I, have, I do not feel comfortable whatsoever playing Amari Cooper. So I would rather just, you know, I would rather do the, my Brashad Perriman and hope for a home run here with um, a couple guys that I've been thinking about picking up. I did have Jackson Smith and Jigba in the lineup. Um, and perhaps if I don't get the player that I want, uh, I might go back to him because they do play Washington. And I do like, I think he's been increasing his targets and it's not just targets, but it's actually production as well. Last two weeks, I believe he had over 10 points, but my tight end spot, I don't know if this is, yeah. who I'm, I don't know if this is who I'm going with, but as of right now, mean? as of right now, it is, um, Juwan Johnson is someone oh, that boy. last week, five targets, he had five catches, 30 yards and a touchdown. Um, I don't know if I will go with him. All I know is that I watched the Minnesota Vikings allow Johnu Smith to break 140 yards. And I'm just hoping that happens with Juwan Johnson. That's the only rationale I have is I watched, I, I, I bet on the Falcons Vikings game. <laughs> I had the Vikings second half and it was a screen pass to Johnu Smith and they played terrible defense. So therefore Juwan Johnson's going to do the same thing for me, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I, I, the rest of my matchups are tough. Lamar facing the Browns defense, even though that's at home. That's going to be a low-scoring, very exciting defensive matchup. I'm, I'm excited to watch that game because I haven't. I felt like we just haven't had a really good defense of game like lately. Like a lot of them have kind of been lopsided as far as NFL games lately, or perhaps high-scoring, which is great to watch. Don't get me wrong; I, I enjoy those much more. But actual like nose in the ground divisional matchup. You got Miles Garrett. You have um, Roquan Smith. Like. This is going to be a fun matchup to watch both these defenses like flex their muscles. So I'm interested in that, but I just, do I start Lamar? Do I start Will Levis? Who's going up against the worst, you know, pass defense in Tampa Bay. I have to go Lamar, but I'm, I'm, I'm not like sold on it. Um, Kamara going up against seventh ranked Minnesota, Garrett Wilson going up seventh ranked Vegas. This is just a week where I just I don't see any hope for my team this week against the Shane's team. Um, and going down three to three and seven is is going to be a rough climb back up. Luckily, like we talked about, I mean, what are your four and five? Sam's four and five. Um, and there's a possibility of, of both of you guys losing this week. So it could possibly still be there for me. And the only thing I'm going for me is points, of course. But. I have to start winning games, but I, I just don't see how this week I get one. Yeah, there there is a hypothetical world looking at the standings that um, I think Sam Sam may be playing against Fitch. There is a hypothetical world, I think, that the 5, 6, 7, and 8 seed could all lose this week, depending yeah. on matchups. I mean, they're all playing teams that have better records. Right. Yeah. So like 
those are going to be the top four teams in our league. And then you're looking at the next four, which is actually crazy because we have the, the poop bowl um, in the ninth and 10th spot um, that are playing against each other. That's actually, this is like actually a very good point. So yeah, like all hypothetically, all of the top four teams could win and then teams five through eight lose. And you're still looking at a shot at being in eighth place like for me specifically or seventh place, I guess because of points and I win one week and either you or Sam lose and I'm up to fifth. Right. So like it's, it could definitely still happen. Um, but at some, at some point wins have to happen for my team because I can. And when I said this a few weeks ago, I have like the names on my team are all pro names. They are pro bowl, all pro names. But that's not translating into wins. And and in fantasy, you need points, you need wins, and it's just not happening. And it's got to change sometime. Yeah, and yeah, it sounds like sounds like you're taking QB sneaks in this matchup, and it sounds like I'm going to be taking them as well. I just think, I think you you definitely have all pro names on your team. I mean, starts with Jawan Johnson. But uh, you're you're looking at QB sneak team, same thing. Um, questions and wide receivers. I love C. Love CD. Love Keenan in this matchup. Uh, Chris McCaffrey. I'm taking Chris McCaffrey over every running back, anyone in the world. I'm taking him like over Alvin plus some extra points as well. Sure. Um, especially in this matchup, coming off a of bye, um, that's gonna be a great game as well. Uh, Lamar Jackson. It's you made the point about like you haven't seen a good defensive game. We've seen some bad like low scoring games, but that's been predicated off of just like two bad offenses or like yeah, one bad it, offense. Yeah, it's not like, this is going to be like, it's not, it's based off of like turnovers and like bad yeah. football. Like this is going to be where two legit defenses go off against one another and really like struggle, like stifle the offenses. Yeah. It's going to be a chess match. And um, I don't know. I would love to see. I, I'd be curious to see what like Lamar's averages, uh, like fantasy points within the division, because well, this year they haven't like, been great. I mean, you're looking against. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess you know that he did play Cleveland earlier this year. Yeah, I'm gonna, uh, not too bad. Twenty eight points, and that was a lot of that was because he, he only rushed for twenty seven yards, but he did have two rushing touchdowns. Then he yeah. played Pittsburgh the next week and scored nine. So this is what I'm talking yeah. about with Lamar. I don't know what the hell I'm getting out of Lamar. You don't we, know what the hell you but I know what I'm getting out of Chris McCaffrey. I know what I'm getting out of. Yes. I know what I'm getting out of even like a guy like Nico Collins in a tough matchup. Like I'm getting a, I'm getting a, a quarterback that could throw for 400 in a game and Nico Collins, Tank Dell, Dalton Schultz, there's touchdowns there. And ultimately there's just going to be more touchdowns for QB sneaks. 116 is a projection total. I see that. I see 120. Hell, I can even see 130. I, I really like his team this week and you got, you got a big uphill climb. We got Fitch six and three taking on team RCA four and five. Fitch is starting Kyler Murray. He's back. Jake, what do you expect out of him? Like, like what is um, like, I think he had a, cause he like had last a, year he was, yeah. Temporary expectations of Kyler. Um, uh, was an ACL, correct? Towards ACL. Yeah. So I feel like those kind of take a little bit of time for guys to come back from, um, especially guys that use their legs a lot. So uh, Kyler does have decent arm strength. It's nothing crazy, um, but, you know, he does have some 
Uh, he is decent when it comes to accuracy, but yeah, I mean, uh, I like this play, perhaps Gino at Washington, especially being at home. Um, but yeah, I mean, Brian, I think um, this is this is a spot where you kind of want to see what you have with Kyler, um, and you want to see if you know perhaps you you know struck you know you hit gold with Kyler and. You kind of go from there. I mean, he's not going to play J- uh, Kyler over Jalen Hurts at any point this season at all. But it's nice to like have that backup and just kind of see what you can get from him. Yeah, I think um, I think why not? Honestly, I mean, you got Geno, you got Kyler. Uh, definitely can be lightning in a bottle. You got Jalen Hurts. You're going to roll out every week. But as we get towards the end of the year. And maybe Philadelphia locks up a playoff spot. Maybe sure. they want to rest Jalen Hurts. Yeah, his knee has been a thing for him. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's a good point. So, I think high upside of Kyler Murray, especially when that team's not going to be playing for anything, it's, it's going to be a team that's going to be down. Um, and they're honestly assessing Kyler as their future quarterback. So, they're going to give him ample time, obviously health permitting, for him to get out there and and play. So, I think it's a it's a good opportunity to a pick him up and stash him like you did to have him for the rest of the season because you never know when you're going to get out of Jalen Hurts. Um, and other question marks about his team. We talked about James Cook. I I don't know if this is the plus matchup against Denver because I I know nothing about Denver, but I do know about that Buffalo offense and how easily they're able to just phase out James Cook. Gus Edwards continues to just be an absolute monster on the ground. He is now the tenth best running back in football, which is just killing Jake because it is coming off the back of a 20, 28 and a 17 point outing his last three weeks where he has accumulated six touchdowns, six touchdowns. Uh, Chris Alave looks to get back on the board as he last week finally hit Pater second one of the season, 13 points going up against Minnesota. That hasn't been the greatest defense, but haven't picking up as a late new quarterback there. Maybe a little bit more of a competitive game, but um, Chris Olave just it just it's just all in the back of Derek Carr, and sometimes you get the best of Derek Carr. He's been banged up; he got banged up pretty early in the year with his AC joint. Um, looked decent last week, I guess, against Chicago, but that's a poor team that has shown a little bit of life, especially in the, like the running back room for defense. So um, probably same tier. But you're going on the road. You're on the road in Minneapolis, which is it's kind of, it's a tough t- place to play. I think all eyes, all media, all um, sense of optimism is with Minnesota right now with Josh Dobbs and what he pulled off last week. Deontay Johnson pulled in a big week last week um, at home against Green Bay. We talked about you talked about the um, the Ravens that Ravens um, Browns matchup, mm-hmm. but Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, if Pittsburgh's still in the hunt, I mean, they're five and two themselves. This isn't a team where um, they're rolling over. They're relying on the run game. Like Dante Johnson had a big game last week and uh, Kenny Pickett is doing something right. He's making Dante Johnson at least a viable option last three weeks over 10 points. And that's kind of what you expect out of Dante Johnson. A lot of, a lot of targets, usually touchdowns eluded him. Usually like a lot of their bigger guys, but uh, like Pat Fryermuth, but Pat Fryermuth has just been hasn't has no hopes in terms of returning to the field anytime soon. It looks like his first eligible return looks like November nineteenth next week. So right now you're rolling out Johnny Johnson, Cole Komet, 
uh, 7.1 points after Thursday night football, 16-13. Cole Komet's kind of kind of the stat line that you're getting. You've had huge spike weeks from him, especially last week against New Orleans where he had two touchdowns. But, um, but besides that, same old, same old. Big buys for his team. Jalen Hurts is on by. DeAndre Swift. It's kind of um, projections at 95. And... It kind of seems right on par because there's just a lot of you got questions with Kyler. We're both so out on James Cook. And and honestly, I've I've been very impressed with how Baltimore has been playing. Obviously, not from the standpoint of how you're watching the game, as in like your fantasy quarterback hasn't really been producing, but they've been running the ball. It's kind of been their identity last week. Gus Edwards only had five carries for two touchdowns. A little bit of anomaly. He still had 52 yards. But with Gus Edwards, I don't know when or where it comes, but I'm waiting for the bottom to fall out of that train. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I think this is the week Gus Edwards gets no more than one touchdown. I still think, oh, wow. I still think a touchdown can happen, but no way he's getting two. You think projections? Are you hitting projections? Um, yeah, I mean, if he scores a touchdown, then yeah, 50 so yards. That's, that's, that's 60, 60 and a touchdown. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be right around there. Because um, you're looking at what he did earlier against the season against Cleveland. He ran 15 carries for 48 yards. So he got six points there. So he didn't fall in the end zone. It was two Lamar rushing touchdowns. But lately that hasn't been a thing. So I'm thinking that Gus does still find the end zone. I think they get to the one-yard line, and he punches one in. Mm-hmm. But looking at the rest of Brian's team, yeah, I think it's right around those projections. I think 95, 96. Um, you know, a lot of guys scored touchdowns last week. He's already started out with Cole Komet at a 7.1. Zay Flowers, um, I, I think this is a week where he, you know, struggles to get more than more than his projections. I, I don't see that coming close. Uh, the Raiders defense, I mean, back-to-back weeks starting. I did that a couple of weeks ago. I think I won both of my matchups with the Raiders defense. Maybe that is the the winning ways because last week, um, you know, getting 18 points against the Giants and Brian winning last week, um, you know, per- perhaps this, that is what you need is the Raiders defense. Who would have thought? But um, <coughs> yeah, I mean, this team I think is just, it's it's very average um, because, you know, no Jalen Hurts, no DeAndre Swift. Justin Jefferson is perhaps coming back sometime soon. They haven't opened up his window yet as far as him being eligible to come off the IR. But there were some conversations um, that he is looking a little better, feeling a little better. But he did say that he needs to make sure that he is 100% before he goes back out there. But I will say this. Minnesota has been playing really well lately. And they are going to be going for trying to get a wild card spot um, for the playoffs. So that's big news to win these games because when Justin Jefferson got hurt, I believe they were like one and four or one and five. Right now, I believe they're four and five. um, And they have looked better as especially on the defensive side um, the last few weeks. So. That's big news for Brian because the only way Brian can win this league is if Justin Jefferson is fully healthy. Um, and that's still with Josh Dobbs throwing him the ball. But I mean, anytime you have Justin Jefferson, he's going to be open in some certain, in some way. Um, 
But for this week, Brian's got a tough matchup because we can go over to Sam's team. Her projection is at 101, but that is with a zero out of T. Higgins. So we're just going to assume that Brandon Ayuk moves up to that second wide receiver slot. David Montgomery slides into the flex with a 13. So we can put Sam around a 114 projection total. And we're looking at some of these matchups here. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals go, go up against Houston. Now, if this was in Houston, I would say, okay, maybe there's a little bit of a shot here that, you know, maybe Houston can play some decent defense. But this is on the road against a team that has looked much better in Cincinnati. And so I do like Joe Burrow a lot this week. I think that he has a big week. <clears throat> and I think a lot of that those um, passes will go to someone like a Jamar Chase. Joe Mixon, I think, has a good week, a good bounce back week. Stephon Diggs, I think, has a good matchup against Denver. Taysom Hill, we've talked about. He is becoming a red zone monster. Brandon Ayuk being back. Um, this one's a little bit of a question mark to me because if Debo plays, are you going to be able to spread the ball around to all four of the weapons and McCaffrey, Ayuk, Debo, and George Kittle? That's remained to be seen. But once again, I'm going to call it out. Cowboys defense is going to outscore. Let's say Cowboys defense outscores three of Brian's players this week. Um, that is my prediction. Because I do think that this is a defense that scores 15 to 18 points. Yeah, I mean, there there are seasons and there's and there's teams predicated on them having the upper uh, the upper hand in matchups like this, like kind of low scoring matchups, just because they have the better defense. I think, um, like me last week, like what a wasted opportunity 25, 25 points with my Browns. Uh, the I want to say it was Trey years ago when he had that Patriots defense and yeah, there, there's in these small, like within the margin matchups, uh, a defensive play like Cowboys against the giants, what we've already seen at the first week this week where the Cowboys just absolutely have their number and everything that's spiraling, spiraling with the giants right now in terms of their quarterback room and just how many times, how many times they were sacked last week. And you add in the Cowboys defense, uh, Expecting a lot of points. You're expecting a high baseline for that. And yeah, you you mentioned it. You plug in you plug in um, David Montgomery in the mix. Question marks about what is what is David Montgomery going to look like heading in? I will say though, Dan Campbell is probably the most prototypical like coach. Mm-hmm. Now that like we've seen that running back room has it started beginning of the year where David Montgomery got all the run. And like, if he's healthy, he's a hundred percent to go like David Montgomery is going to return back to that, like bell cow role, like he had beginning of the year. So easy play, easy, easy switch out. Um, and you touched on all the matchups. I like all these matchups, especially Cincinnati being at home. Then on the road, Joe Burrow has just looked much better. Um, Joe Mixon, I see as probably a top like 15 option. I definitely see they'll be able to move the ball. Maybe one stops a little short. Joe Mixon's able to run one in. Um, Sam. Sam's going to win this matchup. Just just off of kind of the, the the matchups that she has. I'm always skeptical about Alexander Madison, but I'm even more skeptical about my New Orleans Saints. I can see a big game, or I can see projection game out of him. And then just Taysom Hill, honestly. Like, you're not expecting... 18 points but he got 21 last week and if you're if you're getting 10 12 15 points out of Taysom Hill 
depending on how that offense has progressed. It seems like they're getting a little bit better. They're getting a little bit more opportunities in the end zone. Um, but just like my questions on Gus Edwards and the and the rug being pulled from him, I can also see that with the Saints offense. And if that Saints offense isn't getting anywhere near that red zone opportunity for Taysom Hill, I can see definitely those prototypical like point seven point outing from Taysom sure. Hill. But I, I, will say, seen. I will say I, I really do think that this is like a, an, an okay problem to have in the sense that like Sam's not relying on Taysom Hill no. to to like to win her matchups. No, um, not well, of course, is, is is any player that you start, you want to make sure that they get points. But it's not like perhaps um, yeah, I'm not even really knowing exactly a team to talk about. But like, it's not like even like my team, like it's not like I rely. I, I rely on Travis Kelsey to score a lot of points because I need him in order to win. Sam yeah. just is plugging in Taysom Hill. Good pickup from the free agent um, wire. But like. If you can get six to seven points from Taysom Hill, you'll take that. Like you'll still take that, and you'll and you, you know because you have other players around your team that can really mm-hmm. prop up. So, yeah, I I even think with a, with a stinker from Taysom Hill, I, I don't think it's the the end of the world for her team um, because you know I, I do think this is a team this week that that can hit those projections and um, you know kind of start to separate a little bit from from the pack at the bottom. Normally we call these matchups of the week, but I'm going to do this like long drawn out sound effect here for this matchup. A very long flush. That was, well, this is going to be a very long. Oh, there's the seat. Okay. Um, this is this is the worst matchup of the week, Jake. What are we doing here? This is the worst matchup of the year. This is our toilet bowl. Um, two teams that haven't really had a chance since day one, eh, maybe like week three, um, in Phillips and Phil. Um, this is just, it's a tough one. But I have a question for you. Does it feel Bad to see Deontay Foreman going off. This is what Najee Harris should be. I mean, going off. No, I get, I did get a little nervous. Uh, was at work. And I was going to the restroom and obviously when I'm in the restroom, I'm looking at Twitter and stuff like that. And I dabble in sports betting. So I get aggregated a lot of like, like props and like this, the only way you watch this game tonight was, like betting props. And I saw this random guy like do this whole spread on under Devonte uh, Deontay Foreman yards. And then I go to his comments and people are ripping up. Like, what are you doing? Like you're an idiot. Like this is his game. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, you know what? This is his game. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Heading into the week, there was question marks about Khalil Herbert being activated from the injured reserved. He wasn't. So at least turned um, a potentially three-man backfield into a two. And uh, Roshan Johnson really hasn't done much since coming back from injury to no. unseat Deontay Foreman. Yeah. Um, not much at all. And no. now 
it's not like Deontay Foreman has just been a world beater since that Vegas, a week seven uh, against Vegas that I so proudly predicted mm-hmm. um, Four eight. But this was a positive matchup against Carolina, a Carolina team that just, I mean, face it, they're the worst team in the NFL. Um, backfield was a little bit more solidified, just having two. Um, the the name of the game for Jonte Foreman is just opportunity and touches. Last week against New Orleans, um, did not did not cash in for the touchdown, but still twenty carries, eighty three yards, four yards per carry. You get him anywhere near the their the red zone, he's it's it's free six points. So going up against a lesser team, Carolina, um, and that availability still being there, twenty one carries for eighty yards that touchdown cash and yeah, it just makes any, any person on the outside, like, like seeing like Deontay Foreman in a starting lineup, like look like a genius, but to be fair, he didn't have much options. Darrell Henderson on by Brian Robinson. He's finally listened to me, even though like Brian Robinson's still, still top 10, after, still top 10 running back after last week, getting 11 points. But, um, I think, I think, I mean, obviously it was the right play. God, I almost, I almost would think even like a guy like Bijan, like Bijan hasn't shown anything as of late that, that things are going to change about his situation in the backfield. This is the but, week. Uh, oh, this is the week. Tell. I, I do think, I think Bijan gets over 15 points this week, which is only happened. Uh, it happened, I guess, three of the first four weeks. It hasn't happened since. Um And I'll just touch on <coughs> a lot of these matchups because I clicked on, uh, Phillips' squad, and there is only one player that is not facing, basically that is that is not in the green. Every single matchup he has this week, you're looking at Bijan against number 30, Deontay against number 31, who already dropped 16, DeAndre Hopkins against 31st ranked, Terry McLaurin 23rd, Dalton Kincaid 29th, DK 30th, Seahawks against 27th, you know, I'm not even talking about the kicker, but like, Justin Herbert's the only one, and I actually think this is a good week for Justin Herbert. I think this is a matchup that um, he's going to score 20-plus points. I think this is Phillips' best week um, as far as projections and a projection win. You're even looking at his bench, Calvin Ridley, 27th, going up against San Francisco. I honestly would try to get Calvin Ridley in over someone like Terry McLaurin. Um, I do think Calvin Ridley... I, I honestly, even though they've had a bye week, I still think San Francisco's pass defense is is trash. Like, I don't think it they're is very trash. good. Yeah. Um, and I think this is a week where Jacksonville exposes that. Um, I'm not super high on Travis Etienne. I know we talked about Nick's matchup, and you are. Um, and I think San Francisco might have um, some success with stopping him a little bit. Um, but I do think this is a week where Trevor Lawrence and these Jacksonville wide receivers can take advantage. And I think Calvin Ridley, um, I think this is a week where you kind of have to, you have to find a spot for him. So I, I would start him over someone like Terry McLaurin, but these are all just great, great matchups for Phillips. And, um, and I think it really starts with Bijan. And I think Bijan is someone you, you have to think that one of these weeks, cause it's not like Atlanta's winning games. Um, are they four and five or are they three and five? There's something they're four and 
five. Four and five, yeah. You have to think that Arthur Smith is hearing all the outside noise of how they're not using Bijan. I don't care what he really says in the media because I do feel like coaches say things that they don't even believe at times. You have to think one of these weeks, Bijan is just, it, it's going to click uh, when it comes to Arthur Smith being like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to let, we're just going to unleash him. Similar to kind of like how, and I, I guess David Montgomery was due to an injury, but similar to how Jameer Gibbs really just like found that switch over the last couple of weeks and he's just taken off. Um, I, I think there is a week coming and I think it starts this week with, with Bijan. Yeah, I I mean, I don't have any like play. I don't have Bijan in the leagues. Um, I don't watch Falcon games and I'm invested in that. So like when I see like high end picks or wide receivers and stuff like I want to see them show out. I want to watch them on Sunday. I want to watch them on red zone. Mm-hmm. And it's just been frustrating. So I I still have my concerns because when I have watched them and I have poked in. It just seems so negative, but I I'm, I'm hoping Jake, I'm hoping that you got to lean on that situation and that maybe there's something to change. Um, one thing that changed with law dogs though, I think you did, you, you thought he was going to put T law back in the lineup, but CJ Stroud is in the lineup off looks <coughs> probably Phil's best looking lineup, not hit by buys this week. Devon a chain still is on still banged up and, Maybe that's going to be that kind of missing piece of his team. But at two and seven, he can't wait around one more week. He's got to be putting out the best lineup he is. Now, we talked about um, David Montgomery. So we have to talk about Jameer Gibbs. And how is that situation going to melt out? Now, IBM Watson, trash. Don't believe it this any time because it says that uh, Jameer Gibbs hasn't busted once this year, even though it seems like the first four weeks were pretty much bust with him n- cracking nine points as his high. But yeah, IBM well, Watson this, this week. Their, their boom bust, when it comes to that specific thing, their bust is essentially like it has to be like, like five points. Yeah, well, because I would assume that um, Gibbs' his first few weeks, like he was probably projected like eight or nine, or he's probably projected around nine to ten points. He has to get less than like – he basically has to get like 20% of that. So he I think has it's to, half. It looks okay. like. So yeah. So cause on here, yeah, it is half. So like you basically have to get below five points back then. Um, so that's yeah. why. And in our, in our, you know, in our minds, like, yeah, when you draft someone in the third round and they're only getting, they're getting you less than basically nine points a week to start out in our mind, of course, that is a bust play. Yeah. And what my whole point in that is that, with so much questions in that backfield, Dave Montgomery coming back, they got him at a 29% chance of hitting over 16. Yeah. And you believe that if you want, if you don't, I don't, but still regardless, um, it's the same old, same old lineup. The Detroit lions are back in full affected with uh, Jameer Gibbs, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Sam Laporta. You have question marks about Detroit's running game against the chargers, but passing game has been efficient. Amon Ross, St. Brown, when healthy, has is just an absolute monster the most consistent like the most consistent like book it 100 yards besides aj brown obviously that you can expect out of a wide receiver he's three straight weeks over 100 yards over 12 looks like his 
11 points is his low this year. And that's come off a couple of weeks where he kind of limped into games, but uh, coming off by going up against a, a leaky charger secondary. I expect a big week out of that. Same old, same old with the tight end situation because he's got no one on his bench. I guess Jahan Dotson, but still no. Phil's game plan is Mark Andrews and Sam Laporta. So kind of high projection total, 113. I feels like Phil hasn't really been around that that mark this year. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm inclined to think that he gets there, Jake. Can you talk me off of that or what? Um I think there's a possibility. I am a little curious with Jamar Chase. He p- practiced limited today. He did not practice yesterday. So we'll see going into Friday how he's feeling. Um, so I'm interested in that. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's going to come down to this Chargers game for him uh, because like most of Phil's weeks, it's going to come down to whatever the Lions do because about half of his team plays on uh, one team. And I will say like the Lions do have a good offense. So it's not like you're rushing out like three Indianapolis Colts out there. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, I think Mark Andrews, 10 points, not that it's like a high projection, but like we talked about that game's going to be close. So I think that's he's only hitting projections there. Of course, if a touchdown is scored, um, but the Vikings defense is an interesting play. Cause I, like I touched on a little bit earlier, they've been playing better. Um, and I feel like, you know, maybe because Derek Carr is the quarterback, that's why he's doing the word. But it's, you know, it's, it's a strange play. I'm not sure. Phil always has weird defenses that he plays. I'm not entirely sure why he plays certain ones, but it is what it is with him. But, yeah, I, I think there's a chance he hits projections, but I am still going to take Phillips in this matchup uh, because I think, and I will say with, with a good start from his second running back, I do think that there is a lot of room for 12 to 15 point performances on his squad. Um, and that's kind of what you want is that consistency. And, and it's just going to come down to whether or not the Lions score points. And if they do, Phil most likely will win. If they struggle or kind of hit their average point total, um, then, I, then I don't really see Phil um, scoring. I'm actually not as high on CJ Stroud this week, too, because it's on the road. No, I don't think the Nico Collins is going to play. I think that's, uh, and if he does, he might be banged up. And you're looking at trying to rely on someone like Robert Woods to kind of take over running Bobby uh, Trees, the wide receiver room. Um, so I actually would play probably Trevor Lawrence this week. But, um, but yeah, I think Phillips gets gets a win here. Yeah, I I'm not sold on Bijan, so I am. I'm interested to see who outscores who Jameer Gibbs or Bijan in this matchup. I think. Yeah, um, I think that that's a good. Um, yeah, I actually think that's a very good. Who's going to outscore who? I, I didn't realize that Jameer is at ten point six his projection. Um, I do think it's a little low because I do think I, I know that Montgomery's back and it looks like he's fully healthy, but I still think Jameer can can maybe not when it comes to you know running between the tackles, but be used in that kind of Eckler role as far as, you know, being able to catch passes and, and beat linebackers. Yeah. So, I mean, two questions with there. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning more Gibbs in that. And um, I'm just, I'm not sold on DeAndre Hopkins. I know this is a plus matchup against Tampa that has been giving up a lot of points through the air, but I need to see it one more week from Will Levis for me to declare DeAndre Hopkins back two weeks. 
He's only had two weeks of, of, of real note, 18 points, 34. But besides that, barely scrapping together six to eight points. So um, I just see, I, man, I, I, maybe I'm being a little bit of a, of a fanboy because I'm, I have my Detroit lion hat on, but I just see that Detroit team, that offense really picking, picking up and going against chargers coming off a bye. And I see Phil has a lot of the beneficiaries to that offense. And I feel like he's going to hit that number. I think Phil's going to win this matchup three and seven. Maybe, maybe gets into the race outside looking in. Welcome back to Baki's Bets, your number one Southern California gambler, podcaster. We went 3-0 and last week to make our year to date 19-13. and I did the quick math as Blake was deciding on what his Fuck. underdog pick of the week is. And we are 59% on the year, which is pretty damn good. And we want to keep it that way. Last week, like I said, we went 3-0. and And in three games, I would say one of them was close. The other two, easy wins. Browns, Cardinals. The under was 38.5. This one, the Cardinals had no chance to score the entire game. The only thing that I was concerned about was a Browns defensive touchdown. I believe they got one of those. But still wasn't enough as the Browns completely shut out the Cardinals. Wasn't close. It was 27 zip. Easy W on the under. A little late there, but there it is, Jake. There we go. Second game, Cowboys-Eagles. This one was a great game. This is one where the Cowboys gained a little bit of my respect because this game was closer than I had thought. Now, the Eagles were up 28, so I believe... 16 or 17 going into uh, yeah 28 17 going into the fourth quarter but it wasn't much closer than that Cowboys had numerous chances to score just could never punch one in uh, they finally did in the fourth quarter and the Cowboys had the ball driving uh, trying to win that game but field goal wouldn't have done anything for them Eagles ended up winning 28 to 23 to cover minus three winner this one, I read this one like a book. This one was easy. Bengals minus two and a half against the Bills at home. The Bills on the road have struggled. Bengals at home have been good. Bengals pretty much the entire game, pretty much controlling it. Bills scored um, a touchdown late in that game to make it. It was 24-10. They made it 24-18. Uh, but Bengals, pretty easy cover, minus two and a half. So 3-0. and Let me hear it one more time. There it is. 3-0 last week. We're going to continue this week. We got four plays this week. Um, and we're going to start in the 10 o'clock slot. Texans at Bengals. Now, both these teams can score points. But I am very, very nervous about the injuries to both these squads. The Texans might be down one of their... Uh, weapons in Nico Collins. And I like the Bengals defense. I think the Bengals defense is playing much better. CJ Stroud has been awesome, but going on the road 
has been tough as the Texans have struggled going on the road. They are one and three this year. They lost to the Carolina Panthers where they only scored, I believe, 10 points against the Panthers, maybe 13, but just did not look impressive offensively. Bengals, they are down T. Higgins. Jamar Chase, questionable. So you're looking at a team without those two. I know it's Tyler Boyd and then just a bunch of random wide receivers and tight ends. Um, this could be a game that the Bengals try to run the ball a lot with Joe Mixon. This number to me, super, super high, 46 and a half. Let me get the under Texans Bengals under 46 and a half. Second game, Titans at Buccaneers. I am starting to turn into a Will Levis believer. I am also turning to a believer that the Bucks defense absolutely stinks. Um, now, on the flip side, Titans defense, I don't think they're any good. Buccaneers offense, I think they're decent. This number is at 39 and a half. This might be a trap line, but give me the over on the 39 and a half. I think the Titans are going to be able to score. Um, I don't think their defense is going to travel. And I do think the Bucks can score 20 to 24 points here. Um, and I think the Titans are going to score around the same. So give me Titans Bucks over 39 and a half. Third game, 49ers at Jacksonville Jaguars. I love the Jags here. Oh, Give I me knew the it. Jags plus three. Um, if you want to buy the hook, go ahead. It's around minus 130, minus 125. Plus, you know what? Give me the hook. We'll put it in our graphics so that we make sure that we are good. Plus three and a half, just because of a field goal. If we lose on a field goal, I don't like pushing. Um, I'd rather just eat the money. Plus three and a half, Jacksonville at home. I do think the Jaguars are still going to be able to throw on this Niners defense. I'm not sold on the Niners. I will say this. The Niners seem to be getting fully healthy. Trent Williams looks to be back, which I think is going to be a big boost to this offense because their offensive line honestly stinks without him as he is an all-pro left tackle. But the Jags are 6-2. They're not a pushover team. Now, both of our losses have been at home. But the Niners' last couple games have not been good at all. If both these teams come off a of bye week, let's see if the Jags can win um, as a underdog at home. Last but not least, let me try to find the game that I was going for because I do not see it on here. Maybe I skipped over it. Um, Blake, we're going to go to you because I can't find that fourth game that I was going to have. Yeah, no problem. I lost last week, four and five. It's funny. I remember the ones. I don't remember the ones that I lose. But I know that whoever I pick up, blown the hell out. So I was. I told Jake my team ahead of time who I was going to be taking, and I was going to be taking the Washington Commanders. But I thought I was going to talk myself into this pick, but I ultimately was like, you know what? I don't feel good about that one. I've been. I've been good. I've been solid about like the solid conviction that I've had with my picks. So I'm flipping it on you, Jake. And I hate to do this, but I'm taking Minnesota Vikings at home, home doggies, plus 125 money line. So it's a short number. My, I, I don't think the Vikings are as bad as we're projecting them to be this upcoming week. Mm-hmm. This is a team that's five and four. Um, I would say a, probably a more impressive five and four than the Saints have been have been putting out. Um this Vikings team is 5-3-1 against the spread. Saints are 2-6-1 against their spread. So when I look at that, I look at this is 
the Saints have been in a lot of opportunities that they were the favorite and just haven't been able to deliver. They're starting to get separation in their division now, coming off two straight wins, while the, the two teams behind them have dropped two in the last at two. Tampa Bay dropped two, and then someone else dropped three. So they're starting to separate a little bit in that division. You're getting, but you're running into a Minnesota team that's coming off the emotional high that they had last week with uh, with Josh Dobbs. This is a team that has no injuries on the defensive end, and they have been getting decently better. I mean, they put up, they let Atlanta put up 28 against them. So I have some question about about that. But I'm looking at they gave up 10 against Green Bay, 17 against the Niners, 13 against the Bears, and. If there's one thing that I know about Derek Carr and the stats back it up, that he has one of the worst passer ratings while under pressure. And this Minnesota defense can get to the quarterback. They really surprisingly can. I always had questions about their secondary, but guys like Daniil Hunter, God, I'm really scared that he's still not on. I believe he's still on the team. He's still there. I, I see him running around there. I always wonder why he's never traded. But this seems a good pass rush team. I think they're going to get home against the Saints and where Derek Carr does not do well against that. They honestly, the Saints haven't traveled that well this year. So I think there's too much respect given to the Saints in this spot. I think the Vikings um, now with a full week of Joshua Dobbs. I think Joshua Dobbs is a much better, better upgrade. He's probably a better quarterback than some of the starting quarterbacks that we're seeing in the league right now. So Give me Minnesota. Give me the money line plus 125. All right. There you have it. We're actually going to, I'm going to stick with those three picks. My three picks of the Texans, Bengals under 46 and a half, the Titans, Bucks over 39 and a half, and the Jaguars plus three and a half. That is Baki's bets. 